radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. For Monday, July 19th, 2021, it's the uh, pre-expansion draft Ooh. episode of the uh, the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, and I'm uh, I'm James Cole. Uh, hi, I'm Bruce Vitaglia, live from the crack house here at uh, Seattle, Seattle Kraken Expansion Night here. Live from the crack house, here with the crackheads. That's wild. Yep. I didn't know we were allowed to call them that. I don't think we are, but no. I don't, I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, okay. I don't care. Okay. You know? I, I, so I, I want to start off today with with a question for you. Ooh. Um, Who would you rather be, Jack Eichel? Or? Wow. Yeah, it's been a while since we did one of those. Have has it? You know. <laughs> uh, no. So before we like dive into the because there's a lot to get. To. Look, the the hockey world was on fire. This is a big we one. Last. Oh so yeah. I'll try to keep this. Some brief. teams still are on fire. I'll, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the flames mostly. Well. I'll try to keep this brief, but have have you ever? Because this happened to me today, so I want to get your input. All right. Um, have you ever had like your parents Ooh. tell you that no. like they were going to do something, okay. and you instantly went, "That's a lie." <laughs> uh yeah. It was nine a.m. this morning, and I I'd, I'd woken up and. Um, my parents were like fully dressed, ready to leave the house. Okay. Right, so I just, in passing, kind of, you know, what's what's up? What, what are you guys doing? What, what's the plan for today? And my fifty-seven-year-old father, who has never done this to my knowledge in his lifetime, uh, says to me, "Oh, we're going for a hike." No. In thirty-two-degree no. weather. No, they weren't. With his um, severely ill wife. <laughs> That, that's not the funny part, but... Yeah. No, they weren't. Instant lie. Where were they going? Like, that was a flat lie. There's no way they went for a hike. Right? They maybe went for a walk in the tree farm. They maybe went for a drive near somewhere that people hike. That's right. They went to Wild Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Walked the beach. Sure. Yeah. A hike. I don't think so. There's something fishy about that one. For sure. The good news is, is that my father took his camera with him, so there might be evidence... Uh, on on, photo, on photographs okay. to support his theory. Well, but I mean, depending, I wouldn't look at that camera. That's all I'm saying. I would not. Wow. I wouldn't look at the wow. pictures. Maybe from okay. today. Wait right. for him to show you. Is all I'm getting at. I won't go hunting. Is that's what right. Saying. Yeah. Um, that's actually where they went. Was hunting. Yeah. Speaking of going hunting, I guess we should get right into it. The Seattle. Wow! Trips. Fucking Airedale. Here Seattle. we go. With our sponsor <laughs> this week. Airedale flying, fishing, and hunting. Uh, the Seattle Kraken are going to go hunting uh, through all thirty. Uh, NHL teams that don't begin with a V. Oh, no, Vancouver. Um, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas oh, is the true. one team that's I exempt. Saying. I didn't really listen to your yeah, comments. No, that's, so. that's fine. Um, so, Seattle, Wednesday, expansion draft. The first one that we get to cover, because I think we started our, our season one a couple months after the Vegas Golden Knights had picked their team. Yeah, I guess we've never yeah. done this. Yeah. So, uh, it's exciting. It's it's fun. I think I think expansion drafts are one of the cooler aspects to a sporting league. Yeah, and in, in hockey especially, like you've seen more of them, I think in our lifetime than any other league. Yeah, this is awesome. So I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm fucking, 
I gotta be honest with you, I'm fired up that not only is there an expansion draft going on right now when I'm a big hockey fan, excited that I have a podcast during this. This is a fun this is a fun it's time neat. To, yeah. to be alive for sure. Um in general. So but with an expansion draft comes a lot of uh, clerical work. With yep. Yeah. With, um with great opportunity comes great responsibility. Yes. Thank you, Herb. Yeah. Um Trades. Sick of hearing about the Russians and their goddamn hockey team. Trades were, were carried out. Uh, protection lists had to be submitted. Other wacky stuff took place uh, in, in the week leading up to this episode. So we're going to go team by team. Team by team. Team by team by team. And um, team by team. just kind of address maybe uh, maybe what's happened with, with any particular team since we spoke last. And uh, take a look at their lists. Who's available. And kind of subtly come up with a team that we think maybe Seattle could open the season with mm-hmm. come October 2021. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. Sound good! Uh, Anaheim is alphabetically first, right. which my sheet tells me. So um, let's let's start there. Uh, a pretty quiet lead-up, uh, all things considered. They didn't really... Uh, didn't really go out and make any moves ahead of the ahead of this trade freeze. Obviously, we, we're not going to know about any deals that involve Seattle until Wednesday night when mm-hmm. uh, when the initial reveals any backdoor happenings, shenanigans, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that teams got uh, got themselves into. Uh, and I, I think I should should clarify or, or state at least the fact that that that's a big reason why Vegas had a lot of success out of the gate was uh, teams making these moves behind the scenes to try to protect certain guys and um, it ended up costing them in the long run and I'm, I'm curious to see how many teams have taken maybe uh, a more cautious approach and, and are going to hold back from making those those Riley Smith type deals and and uh, just accept fate and lose somebody uh, mm-hmm. up front but in any case I don't, I don't think Anaheim is necessarily a team that is, is going to be too Concerned about what's going to happen uh, with with their club, they protected uh, Nicholas Deslauriers, Max Jones, Isaac Lindstrom, Ricard Raquel, Jacob Silverberg, Sam Steele, Tory, uh, Troy Terry up front, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson D, and John Gibson in net. Right. Um, let's look at the list of guys that weren't protected. Anybody jump off on on that list that maybe surprises you? Um, I mean, Hayden Fleury's obviously attractive for. Um, a team that's hoping to, you know, build a younger core. I, I don't really know what to make of him for sure at this point, but you know, there might be some untapped potential there. Like, I this is one list where, uh, I don't know. Like, obviously, protecting Delorier is fucking insane, but uh, you know, it, like, is Sonny Milano a huge loss? Like, not, not really. So, like, I would have protected Milano over, uh, over. Uh, the guy I said, Delorier, but uh, yeah, you know, I, Del- nothing huge on this one. Delorier was definitely a weird one for me. Uh, third, thirty years old. I knew like, they were going to too. Like it's yeah. just you know, and and we'll get to it too. Like there were some teams that protected guys where it's just like no, but all right, yeah. <laughs> now is 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 Adam Henrique the slam dunk here? Or do you you mentioned Sonny Milano, uh, Danton Hine is another name that kind of you know kind of jumps off the page a little bit, but he is an RFA. Um, is it, is it down to those two guys, Henrik and Milano, or, no, or would you take a good look at Flurry back there? I don't think so. Like Flurry's an option. Uh, honestly, it de- it de- it depends how many of these types of deals you want to make. But 
you know, Shattenkirk might be an option. Mm. And I'm not saying I would, but I wouldn't, you know, he's a he's a very good power play quarterback, capable of playing, you know, top four minutes if he's with the right guy. So, I don't know, he, he might be attractive too. I'm, um, I'm going to draft along as we go team by team. Team by team. Team by team by team. And I'm going to pick a guy off each team, and by the end of it, we'll, we'll take a look at maybe the roster I've constructed and, and how it stacks up. So off off Anaheim, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm just going to pick Sonny Milano, 1.7 million, 25 years old. For I one think. more year? One more one year, more year. Okay. yeah. And then you've got RFA status in that. you got you got control over the player moving forward. So Sonny Milano is going to be my guy um, that I'm going to take okay. for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, that brings us to the Arizona Coyotes. And um, the Coyotes did make a trade leading up, uh, a bit of an interesting one, all things considered. Uh, they picked up Andrew Ladd, former Winnipeg Jet captain Andrew wow. Ladd, who was uh, with the New York Islanders. They picked him up along with two second-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, and for the first time ever, uh, the return was, was nothing. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know either. I didn't. I, th- I, I thought didn't, it had to be like future considerations. It's not a trade, or, then. or a dollar, as Kirk Maltby was once famously traded for. It's not a trade. It's a dump. Then you took a dump. That's what it is. Um, I, I, I don't want to say it's a good move for Arizona, but obviously, they wow. they need the pick, the picks. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, they, they've yeah. lost enough picks through previous shenanigans. So, um. To eat the eat the contract of Andrew Ladd, you know the Islanders get out of having to protect one more guy. I, they're I think they're it's buying fine. draft picks. Yeah, they buy draft picks here and then, um, you know, that that they desperately need kind of thing for a guy that's just going to go on LTIR anyway. Yeah. So. Um, now the Arizona Coyotes, when it came, when it comes to the uh, protection list, they they lost in Krause, Christian Dvorak, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, Phil the Thrill Kessel, Johan Larson. Nick Schmaltz, defenseman Kyle Capiobanco, uh, Jacob Chichurin, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Darcy Kemper in goal. Um, a lot of youth there. You know, some some young guys that they've they've made a point of trying to build their team around that maybe hasn't really come together. I th- I think for me, there's a there's a few names here that that are intriguing right off the hop. Um, you got Christian Fisher, who's a guy that I think um, he's he's never going to live up to, I think, what people thought he was going to be. But he's a dependable, I think, you know, third-line type of guy yeah, that fine. you can get by with. Um, you know, Tyler Steenbergen, former World Junior Hero. Maybe there's something there still to be uh, explored. Jason Demers, uh, Nicholas Jalmerson on the on the back end. Uh, and then, of course, Ante Ranta back there at net uh, has had his injury problems, but when he's on, yeah, he's a really good goaltender. Yeah. Even uh, Lyabushkin, I think, too, was another name that hopped out for me. Like, I, th- I thought they were going to protect him over Capabianco. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, kind of an even trade-off, I guess, there. But, yeah, I could see, uh, I could see like, there, there are some options there. Like, I, I like Steenbergen even just as a, a depth guy. Like, that's, you know, that's, he's worth a look anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Freddie Goche, how can we not mention our, our sweet sweet boy Freddie Freddie Freddy Goche back there? Yeah. Freddie Goche. Um, so who, who who would be your your guy here? Help me out with Phoenix because I'm I'm a little unsure on, on who to take. Um, 
see it's tough because you wanna you wanna make sure. It just depends what what other defensemen you have planned. So I would go Lyabushkin unless you're not so worried about defensemen. I would go Fisher then. Let's go Lyabushkin then because I, I like like Vegas. I think defensemen are going to be a hot commodity uh, this time around for Lyabushkin. Lyabushkin is a useful defenseman if you're a good team in a crap or cap crunch looking for. Uh, a third pairing guy, you know what I mean. So for teams like Toronto, Colorado, shit like that, he, he might be an interesting option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Boston Bruins extended uh, Brandon Carlo leading up to the uh, protection list. Oh boy! Uh, I'm just trying to pull up his contract now. As six years speak. at four point one. There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, little little long for my liking, but yeah. you know me, I don't like long contracts, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, if we've learned anything in the last few weeks, like, the one thing I would say about this is he has big injury problems, and I don't really like it for that aspect, but, like, in a world where you can just throw a guy on LTIR and forget about the contract, then it doesn't really matter. So, like, when you're talking about new contracts and how they're going to age, like, injuries are almost, you know what I mean, only half the conversation when, when they used to be a bigger part of it. Um, I think for Carlo... My only issue is just, you know, if he's able to stay healthy, like, how good is he going to be, you know what I mean, with all this wear and tear sort of thing. I think he's a good defenseman, and I think this is good value for him, but uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like he hasn't played very much in the last two, three years. So, you know, I, I don't really know what to make of it in that sense. 27 games this past season. He played the full 67 in the uh, shortened season, 2019-20. Okay. Um, but prior to that... Again, two years where he he didn't play the full year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess there is a bit of a track record, and, and this year, of course, was the big out outlier, the big warning sign on the dashboard there, where where he did miss, you know, two thirds of the season, so to speak. So, uh, showed up, came back for the playoffs, uh, was a non-factor by all accounts, um, as the Bruins went out, but. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, this is one of those guys that I, th- I think the Bruins are going to need just because of their their defensive woes as it is. So getting it done ahead of time I think was a big deal for them. And hey, if, if, if he's their guy, then power to them. You know what I mean? So, sure. Um, for their protection list, the Bruins protected Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Shocker there, I'm, I'm sure. It's a good call. Uh, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, Trent Frederick, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Craig Smith on the back end. The newly extended Brendan Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Charlie McAvoy, and uh, Dan Vladar. Darth Vladar. Vladder the bladder. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's. This is one of the only teams. Uh, I did my expansion draft a week ago. I filled out my list. This is one of the only teams that picked exactly what I thought they should pick. Uh, good job on the Bruins. This is exactly what they should have done. Um. If you're Seattle, mm. and you've got a goalie like Tuka Rask sitting there that will be a free agent this summer, do, do you pay pay the price there to pick him up and, and take a swing there, maybe hope to get a contract done, or is this just semantics at this point where you have to be realistic in the sense that Tuka Rask is probably going back to Boston if he's not testing the open market? 
Uh, Tuka Rask, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe has openly said that he will retire if he's not playing for the Boston Bruins at this point. So, um, maybe there's something there, but I think with the other goalies available, um, I, I think there are other options for Seattle than to get themselves into what are like probably wouldn't be a good contract situation uh, with a player who maybe doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So uh, I, I would I would stay clear of them just because uh, I just don't think there's a fit between the two sides. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted too that uh, Kevin Miller announced his retirement from the NHL. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, he does still show up on the uh, availability list, but I I have to imagine that's a clerical error and uh, that. There really isn't any reason. Well, he's, te- he's technically under contract, so right. Yeah, you know, I suppose. So. Yeah, he doesn't like he's not filing his papers until free agency starts. Just for right. Yeah, right. Uh, if I'm the Boston Bruins, uh, I'm going after Jeremy Lazan uh, on this one. Mm. I, myself, personally, I. If you're I, the Boston Bruins, you are. That too. Um, I don't know. I, I I see a versatile guy back there making next to league minimum that you're going to have control on uh, on mm. the player uh, with RFA status at the end of his contract next summer. 24 years old. Um, I think it's it's a low-risk pickup for, for Seattle. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would... This is a rare team where I would take a risk if I'm Seattle. Okay. And I, I would go Andre Kasha. Interesting. If he can stay healthy, he's a hell of a player. But he hasn't been healthy in three seasons, so... But that is one guy where I'd be willing to take the risk because, quite honestly, when he's healthy and playing well, that might be the best forward you're getting in this expansion draft. Like, he's really fucking You, you could be so, right. Um, but he hasn't been in a while. And, so. there, and there's no guarantee you get a contract signed with him. There's another, another part of it, right? Oh, is he a free agent? I he's thought he started a deal. So I still take him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't have a lot of leverage either. You no. probably get him cheap, so... Uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, s- somehow got Jeff Skinner to waive his no movement clause. I'm sure that that nine million dollar well, hit is uh, that's not hard. Is looking real, hey, real enticing to Seattle. Do you want to live in Buffalo? No. All right. Would you rather live in Seattle? Hell yeah. All right. There you go. Just sign this. We can make it happen. Uh, the guys, difference is. Do you guys think they're gonna take me? Oh well. Well, you, anything can happen, buddy. He's yeah. like uh, tapping him on the shoulder. Uh. I mean, first good thing Kevin Adams has done since he's been there, I think. So, I'll give him that, uh, for sure. Uh, Buffalo did protect um, Rasmus Asplund, Andres Bjork, Jeez, Jack sorry. Eichel, Casey Middlestad. This is a creative player uh, segment here. Victor Olofsson, Sam Reinhardt, Tage Thompson, defenseman Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Yokihara, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Linus Ulmark. See, and the good news is, too, if you don't protect any good players, you can also work out a trade with Pittsburgh for Buzz Flibbit and Mark Donk, for sure. Exactly. So. There are uh, not, not a lot to like here. Oh, God. I mean, like, you know, you think back to the Vegas draft and, like, even look at, like, the Leafs expansion list, for, for example. Like, I don't know. You may as well protect a few guys. <laughs> okay. You know, like, whatever. This, these guys are all fine. Yeah. So, whatever. Now, um, here, here's my hypothetical to you. Okay. Because I, I think that this is... Again, I'm looking at the list of guys that are available, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know what? What am I really going to get value-wise here? Um, I'm drafting 30 players. I can only have 20 of them on my opening night roster, right? So 10 guys are going to be on the outside looking in to begin mm-hmm. with. Do you... 
if you're Ron Francis, do you act like do you take Jeff Skinner, re- retain fifty percent, and flip him somewhere else, and actually like try to get some assets back? Do you do you think Jeff Skinner's a, an asset at four and a half million? No, as opposed to nine. No, I know. Because no. I'm going to be honest with you, that, I, that I, seems like a safer bet to me than taking a few of these other guys. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not like any names jump off the list necessarily, but this is going to be the team where, you know, Tokarski is your third goalie or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, literally just to, you know, patch up the loose ends more or less with this team. You know, like, I think that that's what, that's what you do with Buffalo. I mean, like, the scare thing's an interesting conversation. I'm not saying, like, it's it's not an interesting question. You're asking a good question. You happen to be asking one of the few people that... I didn't think Jeff Skinner was very good when he was good. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff Skinner, when he's bad, like, he, he does not play defense. He All he does is score, and he doesn't do that anymore. Mm. So he, he is, to me, a useless hockey player. Uh, and he also happens to make nine million dollars. So, right. Jeff Skinner at two million, I would take your chances. But Jeff Jeff Skinner at even four and a half, I wouldn't touch it. But it's I, not a bad idea. I, I, I think take, it is. But I'm going to take Drake Kajula, and if he walks, hmm. he walks. And if he dies, he dies. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's not any amount of cap space that I'm losing out on. Sure. If I can convince him to come back, it's yeah, probably right. going to be. Slightly above what he's making now, so I'll go Tukarski. Tukarski, um, just because I know it'll bother Pierre Maguire having to watch him, you know, uh, light it up for the Seattle Kraken, knowing how you know how much he loves him. So exactly, um, the Calgary Flames. Uh, we got some Flames fans that uh, tune into this podcast and. Never heard of them. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be very enthralled to see what we have to say about uh, about this team. Um, Michael Backlund, Dylan Dubé, Johnny Goudreau, Elias Lindholm, Andrew Mangiapane, Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk, defenseman Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, Christopher Tanev, and Jacob Markstrom. No, no captain Mark Giordano on that yeah. protected list. Slam dunk pick. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Why is that? You're you're picking up a guy at 37 years of age who soon to be 38. I know how birthdays work. He's, we had birthdays in Detroit. Right, I know how yeah. they work. He's fine right yeah. now. You got another year left. How good is he then? Because then he's a free agent. Now you've lost the asset. What's his cap hit? 6.75. So here's my thought on Giordano, though. Mark Giordano, for a contending team, is a second-pairing defenseman at 3.875 or whatever, half-retained. That's that's a, that's a easy trade deadline deal that almost any contending team would want to make. So you're picking him to trade him, probably. Um, I still think Mark Giordano's pretty good. But uh, you're right. Like eventually, the bottom's gonna fall out. When's it coming? And he's a weird one too because he was never a high end prospect with high hockey IQ kind of thing. He's a guy who's kind of made his own career work sort of thing. And I don't know. With a lot of those guys, you just you know, 
they don't age the same way that like a high draft pick does. That that that's all I would say. So, yeah, you're you're right. Like there are, there are reasons to be concerned. I think, but I think you flip them easily if if you're not a contending team, and I think they actually might be. So, you know, it's 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 an interesting debate. I I, I see the the logic behind what you're saying. Um, it's it's very much along the same lines as what I just pointed out with Jeff Skinner. Um, and there's nothing to say that you know as you kind of alluded to that Seattle could be a contending team and, and maybe they want a guy like that but it's it's a bit it's a bit of a risk as far as I'm concerned that being said uh, it's not like there's a, a ton of names jumping out at the same time I think Josh Levo's an interesting guy uh, someone that you could pick up and, and put on your third line and he's not going to cost you a lot and he's a guy that's probably looking for a home he's been out in the west coast last few years you know Maybe he settles down in, in Seattle. But you know what? Mark Giordano, I think, by far is the best player that we've come across thus far. And um, if the season's gone to shit and you're at the deadline, yeah, you're right. You, you retain yeah. half, you flip them, and, and you probably get something. The, the other side of it, like, if, if I'm Seattle, it's slam dunk. But Oliver Shillington is an interesting young player. Yeah. And... This is this is the difference, and like I'm not saying Brad Tree Living made a mistake here at all, but it all comes down to how do you do how do you view this team? And to me, I view this as a team that needs to enter a rebuild at this point. Like they they need to enter a rebuild. This is just going to keep getting worse and sadder. And uh, I for sure wouldn't have protected Christopher Tanev. There's no way in hell I would have touched him. Um, but they think they're a contending team. So, you know what I mean? They, they they retain a guy, or they keep a guy who was pretty good for them last year. And uh, that's the direction they want to go in, but I would I would have kept Shillington, and I would have let Tanev go out there. And I don't think Seattle would have touched him either, so it would have been fine. But um, Hard to say. A lot of Flames you know. fans seem to think he was their best defenseman last year. So. Oh, he was, but, you know, this so, is a guy who's often injured. Yeah. Uh, who contributes nothing offensively? At some point, the bottom is going to fall out. And I test, yeah, he was really good. His numbers are not good from this year, but Mo- modified no trade list. You got to wonder maybe if Calgary was trying to get a deal done prior to the uh, lists being due and uh, couldn't make it happen. But yeah, maybe uh, Ron Francis uh, turns to. Uh, oh, sorry, I- I'm going to I'm going to take Mark Giordano on, on my list uh, team here. Oh, you are? Yeah. All right. Uh, Ron Francis looks to his former team, the Carolina Hurricanes, in search of uh, some help with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Carolina, I think, is a really interesting team. I think there's a lot of really good assets out there that yeah. you could take a swing at. Uh, the ones you won't be able to take a swing at, Sebastian Ajo, Jesper Fast, Warren Fogel, Jordan Stahl, Andrei Shvechnikov, Tavo Teravainen, Vincent Trocek, defenseman Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, and Alex Najelkovic in goal. Break it down. What, like, what do you What do you start here? There's There's a lot to like. There's some really interesting names. Uh, give me Give me one or Give me one forward, one defenseman. Uh, defenseman Jake Bean, forward Nino Nina Ryder. Nino. Yeah. Um, but you're You're right. Like Morgan Geeky's good. Steven Lorenz is good. Um. Martinuk's an interesting one. Um, Martinuk jumped up off the page for me for sure. Well, and then even another thing too is just like 
you know, do you take Dougie Hamilton and try to sign him? Mm. Which I wouldn't, but, you know, maybe there's something to that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting team there. This is another team where I think they did it, uh, I think, bang on of the same as what I had. Like, I didn't I didn't do anything differently. I, I left Nino out there, too, as much as that might have seemed weird. Um, but, yeah, he, he's still an intriguing name. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Morgan Geeky for my team. Hmm. And that's simply... Again, my philosophy of you've got one more year of him on a contract. When that contract ends, now he's an RFA. You don't necessarily lose him for for nothing. I I, I like the idea of bringing in RFAs for an expansion sure. team, right? Because if if you're a guy that gets picked by an expansion team, maybe there's a bit of um, um, animosity towards the club, taking you away from somewhere that you might consider committed home. to be. Yeah. And and now your first chance you get, you're out the door. Well, if you're an RFA, you can't really do that. The mm-hmm. team controls your rights. And I know it's uh, a little harsh to play with people's lives like this, but uh, it's an entertainment business. You're trying to build it a is. winner here. So I'm yeah. going to take Morgan Geeky, roll the dice, hope for the best, another low cap hit. Kind of helps make the whole uh, Mark Giordano pickup feel a little better in the long run for me. Fair enough. Um, hmm. See, it's interesting though. Like, if you want someone who's geeky, you could also just take Dougie Hamilton. Um, not my best. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would pick Nino. Um, yeah, but Morgan Geeky, fine pick. Um, yeah, Nino, Nino's interesting. Like, uh, the cap hit worries me a little bit because of I, I think of what's to come yet. But hell, of a hockey player. Can't go wrong with Nino, I think. Yep, you can shoot the puck. Uh, the he was also like minus 48 one season, yeah. which is a really cool thing. Like There's one goal in 60-something games. Cool. <laughs> he was like a minus 43 or some shit. Go wild. Fucking awesome. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are keeping around um, Henrik Borgstrom. Yeah. Sure. No, he's a guy. Uh, Brandon Hagel? Yeah. David Kampf. Yeah, Mein Kampf. Right. That's what they named it after. Uh, Alex DeBrinket, Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Jonathan Taves, who I didn't think needed to be... Is he having a no-move, or... Taves must have a no-move, then. No, I think they just protected him. Because he didn't meet the game's played qualifications. It's also sort of based off of two seasons, and he played the full season last uh, year. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um... Caleb Jones, Connor Murphy, and Riley Stillman. Those are real defensemen on their team that they're going to protect. Well, are they? I mean, you know. And uh, rookie sensation Kevin Lankin. And oh, yeah. Roll. The Lank. Uh, Lank the tank. <laughs> I, I can fit every single name that is available to Seattle on one window here in front of me on Cap Friendly. There, there's like three guys to pick that they've left exposed. So... <laughs> um, do you like Colin Delea, Malcolm Subban, Brent Connolly, Vinny Hinnis Rosa, or Calvin DeHaan? Or, or sorry, Nikita Zadorov. Now, pick one. I will ask the question. Yeah. Is Seattle allowed to pass? Because I, I would. I think they would have if they, I, if they could. I think Buffalo would have been passed already. I would, I would be like, I, I'm good. Thanks, though. We don't want any of your no. contaminated. No, water. we we have plenty of carpenter at home. Um, 
I, I get, if I had to pick someone out of that list, I guess I would take Ryan Carpenter. But, I, yeah. I don't know. Is Hanastrosa a UFA? Or is he signed for another year? Hanastrosa a UFA. Yeah, I would take Carpenter. Whew. Yeah. Um. Like, Sidorov's an interesting one in the sense that he certainly was good. But he hasn't been for a while. So. Yeah, I'm going uh, <laughs> to... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to take Hinnestrosa and just let him walk in free agency, honestly. Okay. Like, what, what are you going to do here? Carpenter's got, what, another year? He's got another year. Yeah. But for a million bucks, do I want that million bucks used elsewhere? Probably. I like Carpenter. Again, ten guys on the outside looking in. Yeah. Why waste the money? I hear you. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, mm-hmm. are going to get bit somewhere. Yeah. Uh, good hockey teams seem to get bit during expansion drafts, and Colorado certainly fits the bill. They're keeping around Andre Burakovsky. They're keeping around Tyson Jost, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon, Valerie Nechuchkin, Logan O'Connor, Miko Ranton, and defenseman Samuel Gerard, Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, and goaltender Philip Grubauer now... Um, Ruby, Ruby, group. We should mention that the Avalanche did make a trade leading up to uh, the protection lists being due. And uh, that trade's escaping me at the moment. Oh, I don't remember them making a trade. Who's so I am interested. Oh, they traded Ryan Graves. 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 Graves to uh, Devils. the Devils for a second round pick and, and Mikhail Maltza. It all just came to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good trade. I like the trade. Unnecessary trade. I, I don't... Well... I, I don't agree with that. Um, I, I, I'm I not a big Ryan Graves fan. Uh, I think he's useful, but he has a lot of stupidity to his game, too. And I uh, just feel, felt like every time I was watching him, he's in the box on a stupid penalty. He tries to force shots through worse than Tyson Berry does. Like, it, it, he's just... He's just exhausting to watch. So uh, I think they get two pretty good assets for a guy that was found money for them, really. Like, this isn't a prospect they've always had and developed. They acquired him for a minor leaguer years ago. So uh, I I like the deal there. I I think it's a good deal. And, um, like, there's no way I would have protected him. There's not a chance in hell I would have protected Ryan Graves. So uh, I I like it. Uh, That leads us to who does go. Uh, with, with Graves out of the picture. Uh, I don't think any of the defensemen are really going to be, um, you know, calling or, you know, a- appealing to Seattle. Eric Johnson did waive his no-moving clause. Can't imagine why he'd go after him. Uh, Patrick Nemeth expires uh, this summer. And uh, Jacob McDonald I've never heard of until this moment. So, <laughs> um, How dare you? You're, you're looking at going after a, a depth goaltender or you're going after one of the forwards up front. And, and there's, a, there's a couple to choose from. Uh, however, most of them are free agents this summer. So, do you take a swing at Gabriel Landeskog and hope you can get a deal done? Probably not. Uh, there's something to be said there. If if the distance between Colorado and Landeskog weren't so public. But it's become very apparent that it, it, that seems like that's headed toward a, a bitter divorce. And uh, if I'm Seattle, I'd just try to sign him 
outright I, I don't need its rights kind of thing you know yeah. um yeah that, that's a weird one eh? like I haven't I haven't heard a lot of people come out and say that it sounds like he's not going back to Colorado but this is one of those like read between the lines sort of thing here this is what Colorado's offering this is what Landis Cog's expecting maybe the biggest contract gap I've ever heard of in my life like they're not even in the same fucking it's like it's like they've never met before almost like the con- the con- the the contract demands are coming out and saying that Colorado wants to pay him 5 million a year and Landis Cog thinks he's worth 9 to 10 and how how are they even possibly coming to an agreement there then you know what i mean like i i'm i am shocked if he's back in Colorado mm-hmm. um but I wouldn't take him. I, I take Donskoy. I think the the simplest answer here is the right one. He's he's a productive forward who has been good everywhere he's played, and I think he has a lot to offer. He drives the play very well. Um, he is the type of player that Seattle's trying to build around, reportedly anyway. And then they went out and hired Dave Haxtell, so I don't know what to fucking make of them. But by all accounts, this is their type of guy. Or do you go out and get the younger, cheaper? JT Comfort. I like Comfort too. I think I think Don Scoy is the better player by a lot. Yeah. But I think I like Comfort too. I've I've often said to, to Reggie that I wish the Leafs got Comfort instead of Kerfoot in that trade. You know. Both guys signed through 2023, so you're really just splitting hairs here at this point. Uh, Four hundred thousand dollars separates them. I'll go Don Scoy. Um, I, I think you make a good point. He is the better player. And uh, whether or not the bottom falls out a little quicker, he's not costing that much more right now. So Grubauer not being signed, I thought they were going to expose him and keep Miska. That surprised me. I, I was convinced that they were going to let Grubauer just go out there and then just sign him next week. Um, so when that popped up, I was I was surprised for sure. James is uh, is getting beers too. I feel like I should add because we uh, we had to get straight to business here today. This is going to be one of the first laced up episodes ever. This is unedited. I am not editing this episode. Uh, so hopefully James doesn't say anything playfully racist or anything. Do I normally? Well, I feel like even if I say that you do, then that's a problem. So. I was going to try to come up with a, uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking yeah. of playfully racist. Speaking of playfully racist, uh, well, well, the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> I guess. That's easy. That, that was an easy transition. I, you were I, right. I guess Trust so. your instincts yeah. on that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. By what, all accounts. What do you do here? Uh, um, uh, Cam Atkinson, Oliver Brookstrand, Boone Jenner, Patrick Laine, Gustav Nyquist, Eric Robinson, Shock. Jack Roslovic. Defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov, Seth Jones, Zakarensky, and goaltender Jonas Korpisalo. Um, I was shocked when I saw Nyquist on there. Like, I like Gus Nyquist, and I actually think there's a possibility he bounces back. But at the money, and he didn't play last season. Like, I'm surprised you wouldn't leave him out there and... Like, I figured Stenland was a slam-dunk protected guy. Slam-dunk. He was one of the first names that che- that I checked off when I when I did this. 
Um, so I was I was really surprised by that. That that and Domi surprising too, but um, maybe a little less so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this is a shorter list than Chicago has. You've got former it's better though expansion drafty <laughs> Michael Delzato available. It's a lot better. Or Dean Kukin on defense. That's it. Yeah. And then it's Stenlin, Grigorenko, or Domi up front. You got five names to choose from. I think Stenlin. They're useful though, like in my opinion, anyway. I think Stenlin's a really good winger. Uh, I, I I I would go Domi, honestly. I, I would take him. I f- still think there's something there. He scares me. Yeah, that's too fair many too. teams to begin his career like this. Yeah. Injury problems last year. I don't know. It's tough though. Like you, you, you look at it with Domi. Like the only situation where I think Domi was maybe afforded opportunity to succeed was in Montreal. Like I don't think he stood a chance in Columbus from the get go. Just the way everything sort of started there. Arizona was not a good situation for anyone. Montreal was one of those ones where it seems like maybe he blew it there, but that might have been Claude Julien just being hard done by and. You know, they couldn't really gel all that well. But yeah. he had, like, a, I don't have it in front of me. He had, like, a 72-point season or something with Montreal. Like, he had a really good year when he was there. I, I would take him and, and see what you can do. Because at, at worst, it's one year. You know? But he is a guy I think that actually might make you a good hockey team. So, I would take Domi. But I like Stenland, and I I think there's nothing wrong if they took Dean Kukin too. I think Dean Kukin's Kukin's fine, solid yeah. for sure. Kukin's fine. Um, yeah, Do- Domi. I mean, you're right. Like if if he comes and he hits right away, you've got a you got the name recognition. You can kind of sell in in Seattle. Um, but I, I I and going back to it, I think this is a guy that if you take him, there's going to be that. A little bit of resentment, and I think he walks regardless hmm. uh, in free agency. So, see, I think he would eat that up. Like, I don't think he wants to be in Columbus, and I think he would be happy to be there too. Yeah, I know it, what you're it's saying. It's an opportunity for a guy that has a bit of an ego to make his own team. Like, I think that is appealing to a guy like Dome. You know right. what I mean? Does he have that already in in Columbus, where Tortorella's at the door, Dubois well, gone? Jones is probably gone. I, I think there's got to be something to Brad Larson and Max Domi maybe not being on the same page, too. If, and see, if I thought Dave Haxtell would be a bad fit for, for a guy like Max Domi as well. But you think he would be a bad fit? Yeah. Well, I think Dave Haxtell's a bad fit for every Well, player, that's fair. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think he's a good fit for your men's league team. Right. For sure. Dump and chase big time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take Dean Kukin. I don't. I don't hate that. That's fine. You're, you're you're not wrong about Domi. Like you're right to have some concern there. I think there's there's a lot of skill there. I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the player necessarily, but the person behind the player, I think, is the better yeah. project in that, in that sense. But yeah. Uh, Miro Heiskanen signs a brand new long extension with the Dallas Stars, and by big and long, I mean big and long. Hmm. Um, uh, Eight-year deal, averaging, I believe, 8.1? 8.45. 8.45, all right. Um, Highest-paid defenseman on the team. Third-highest-paid player uh, overall for the Dallas Stars. Jesus Christ. 22 years old. How is he the only third, like, the third highest-paid guy? (laughs) 
Who? Who else? Ben and who? Does Sagan make more than him? Sagan makes almost not uh, almost ten. Does he really? Nine point eight five. Tyler's like against the cap. Yes, for the next really? seven years. I don't remember that. Jesus yeah. Christ! Jeez. Jesus Christ! Ooh, boy, I would have yeah. left him out there. Well, <laughs> no, I wouldn't know. Um. So yeah, uh, high skin, big, long, new contract. I think that's a, a, a fantastic deal for Dallas. I think that's a uh, a no brainer. That's the type of guy you give eight years to. Uh, to yep. You know? Um. So uh, I think I think that's going to work out really good for them. Um, being protected along with him on defense is John Klingberg and Essa Lindell. Uh, the forwards are Jimmy Ben, Radic Faxa, uh, Denis Gurianov, Rupe Hints, Joe Pavelski, Alexander Radulov, Tyler Sagan, Esselin, or and uh, sorry Anton Kudobin. Um. Another one of those teams where I think there's some value here. It's just where do you go because you can only have one of them. Do so. you like the Heiskanen deal? Because we just mentioned it. We didn't talk about oh, it. Really. I, just, I just said I think that's a you, really you, good deal. You that's, do think that's it works out, yeah. eight years to. And that's, yeah. that's a fantastic signing, yeah. I think, in, as far as I guess, defensive go. I guess while we're at it, too, um, you know, talking about who they protect and who they don't protect. Like, this is a blue line that maybe looks a little bit different now than they were hoping it was going to look a few years ago because... A couple of years ago, we were having the conversation, you know, before Heiskanen really had any sort of a emergence. Is Stephen Johns the best defenseman on this team? And then he got hurt, and then he got hurt again, and then he came back, and he wasn't nearly as good, and then he got hurt again, and now he's retired, right? And we, we haven't talked about him much, like he retired and is skating across the fucking world. And uh, to, raise, to raise awareness for mental health, he's been pretty open with all that stuff. But for the hockey aspect of it, like, if you would have told me two years ago that there was going to be an expansion draft and they were going to protect Lindell over Steven Johns, I would have been shocked. Because there was legitimate conversations for a little bit there. Like, do you trade Klingberg while the value is high and just ride Johns? Because that's how good he was. Yeah. So, um... That it, it's a weird one when I look at this list because it does feel like they're missing a core member who just kind of came and went, and you know it, people are going to look back on him ten years from now and really not have much to say about him. When he reminds me of Paul Ranger, where it's just a guy like no one's going to understand how good that guy was or could have been, but you know Dallas is going to miss him for sure. So uh, Dallas is a weird one, eh? Like I don't think of Dallas as being very good, but I look at their protected list and I'm a fan. Like I like I like I'm like yeah these are, these are good players to be honest with you, it's a weird one. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I I think for me, the guy that I go after is uh, is Ben Bishop. Um, Interesting, yeah. Obviously, well, I I agree with you, but the the conversation is this, and we're gonna get there. It's Bishop or Price, and I think you have to take one of them. You know what I mean? Gets that way. I, th- I think you have to take one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going Bishop, that's... He's got the no movement clause, but yep. it, it's only good for next season. The season after, it yep. comes off the books. So if you want to trade him at that point, you can. If he's hurt still, you toss him on IR, and you get the relief uh, right away. 
And if he's good to go, he's one of the best goaltenders in the league the last few years. So, Well, he, he's a guy who, yes, he's hurt and has injury problems, but does he rely on his athleticism to be a good goalie? No, he doesn't. If he can stay healthy for you, I think he is the, a rare example of a goalie who can sit out for a year and a half and come back and be probably just as good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're going Bishop, that's certainly a fine pick for sure. Um, I may sound odd, just because there's no reason for you to take him. Well, no, actually, I was gonna say Cogliano, but I'm I would go Blake Como. Yeah, I would stay clear of Bishop, but I don't think you're necessarily wrong to take him either. Yeah. You know, Blake Blake Como at thirty five. Just I don't know. My my two and a half million dollars can be spent somewhere else. I think. Oh, is that how much he makes? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't take him. <laughs> Blake, Co- what? Oh no, no, he he makes one million. I've got two point four on cap friendly. I'm looking at cap friendly right now. One million, Blake Como. Where are you looking? Two point four. Blake That's Como. his old deal. Oh, that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Website. Well, so this when you when you tool. go into expansion, you take them according to the deal they're on. That's why. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So he's got so, an extension. Yeah. Uh, just just to confirm, James was not insane. Uh, it does say two point four. But yeah, no. He next year he makes one million. Mm-hmm. I, I would take Blake home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're one. That's also fine. Uh, That's that also makes sense. Steve Eiserman and Ron Francis once battled in the Seneca Finals Ooh, in 2002 boy. as opposing captains, and this time they'll do battle behind the scenes as general manager. Jesus Christ, fucking Ron McClainick sitting across from me here all of a sudden. <laughs> you said no editing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, they will be looking for a place to happen tonight. Kingston, Ontario is yeah. the scene. What? Wasn't that, wasn't that the year that Don Cherry pulled the fucking octopus out of the river there and... Probably. Um, Detroit has a lot of names available. I don't know how many of them you want, but there's a lot of <laughs> names to pick from. I'll there are there are guys for it's sure. A, it's definitely a quantity over quality there's, type of situation. There certainly are guys. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie, Robbie Fabry, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, Jacob Vrana, not going anywhere. Neither is Philip Peronic, Nick Letty, Gustav Lindstrom, or Thomas Greis. Greis. Um, ah, Greis. He's not Scottish, but... He's really not. Uh, ah, Thomas Christ! I don't know what to do here. This is awful. <laughs> this is barely better than Buffalo, except there's more bad to pick from. Christian Juice, I think, it's is like, the, the best It's choice. like your shitty AHL guys, though, are like kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like It's like, alright, like you got to put someone on your AHL team. Hayden Verbeek, Joey Hicketts rocks, you know? But like, are any of those guys going to be useful NHL players for you? Probably not. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I... Fuck me. I would take... Uh, I would take Stetcher or Chalowski. But Chalowski doesn't qualify. I don't... I don't know. He, well, he's on the available list here. Um, Cat Friendly, he is two games short of the requirement to meet exposure. Um... Yeah, I don't know how that works, but, like, those guys are still available somehow. Mm. I don't know how, really. Okay. Well, for argument's sake, I'll go Stetcher. 
Okay, that's fair. I, it, he's probably the better defenseman anyway, so. Um, yeah, for me, it comes down to Stetcher or Juice, and, and Juice is an RFA this summer, so you'd have to get a new contract done. Um, is it going to be more than what Stetcher's making right now? Hard to say. Maybe I'll go Stretcher, uh, Stretcher because it's... <laughs> Stretcher! <laughs> oh, man. Maybe there, I'll... There, there would be a nickname there if he if he were either... Physical. Like, see, like, you. I guess you could call him Stretcher because he is short. So he's got to kind of stretch to get the puck sort of thing a lot more, right? So you could call him Stretcher because of that, but if if he got hurt a lot, you could or call if, him Stretcher too. Or if you put guys on Stretcher, or if you put guys on Stretcher, you call him Stretcher. I'd call him Stretcher. I'll take Stretcher. Fuck, I love him already. Look right. at this. Say, if I, I actually do like Troy Stretcher. I'm I think he's a Troy good Stetcher. little player. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fuck he's it. The, he's the we, right we, we literally just sold each other on it. It's like you know what? Yeah. Fucking Troy Stretcher. Let's go. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. Yeah, I like it. So how many defensemen have you taken? I have taken... I have not kept track of my Five team. defensemen. Five forwards and one goal. Jesus Christ. See, that's the thing. I'm weighing in on who I would take, but I'm not keeping track of my team. So I'm, I'm going to end up with like 15 defensemen. It doesn't yeah. matter. I have to pick nine defensemen. I have to take 14 forwards. And I have to pick three goaltenders minimum. So. Okay. And I also have to pick 20 guys that are signed next year, which is already a problem I can see. Sure. I've only got nine uh, out of 20, so... All right, the Edmonton Oilers. Well, we've only been through like eleven teams or something, though. Um, you know, eleven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers did something really dumb, and they <laughs> uh, traded for which, Duncan which Keith. Oh, that one. As we all told them not to do. Oh my god! But they did it anyway. So, so last week we had the conversation about you know why would you trade for Duncan Keith and like how does it possibly make sense? And the one thing you and I agreed on was that like if he's your third pairing defenseman, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it might be fine. And it turns out, uh, he's going to be, like, playing with Darnell Nurse on the top pairing, probably? Yep. Not good. Oh. Really bad idea. Really, really bad. As I don't know if you know this, too, Darnell Nurse also isn't great. So, um, yeah, I'm a little, little sketched out about that. I think that's a fucking horrible move. Horrible move. And then the, 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 the idea that this guy has the audacity to come out on his fucking Zoom call and be the most fucking smug prick ever to this guy that's asking him questions about how, like, well, I don't understand how you guys don't like this fucking deal. I traded for Chris Chelios a million years ago, the year after he got noted, voted for a Norris when he was 48 years old. This is the exact same situation. And, like, no, Duncan Keith hasn't been a passable NHL player for years. So this is not the same situation. You traded for a fucking... Hall of Famer still in his prime at the time for, a, like, you're comparing it to a guy who's horrible. It, it's completely different situation type thing. So I, I was really bothered that he was, like, had no time for this Zoom interview to talk about a trade that he knew he was going to have to talk about because he's the one who made the fucking trade. He's a fuck... I fuck, fuck Ken Holland, man. I fucking had it with this guy. Uh, throw him on the list of the old boys club. He hasn't been a good general manager in ten fucking years. I'm sick of him. Now, to play devil's advocate a little bit. Oh, God. And you know what? Here's another thing. The devil doesn't need an advocate. If the devil were so fucking yeah, smart, well, he'd get it done. But he doesn't. No. He doesn't get it done. No. The only devil I've ever had use for is Adam Scott in The Good Place. Mm -hmm. That's it. If, if you had to go to your job every day, 
and do what you thought was best. And then at the end of said day's work, sit down and in front of a committee of people, answer questions as to why you did what you did. Because you thought it was best. And and I, I could see why you maybe won't agree with this point, but for me... Well, that's part of being an NHL general manager, dude. You know what I mean? Like, sure, hey, but if you don't like that part of If the I got to go to my job at a fucking sports store and answer for everything that I fucking do, yeah, I'm going to get pretty pissed. If I'm making $5 million a year to trade for guys who have been over the hill for seven right. years, and I, but, <laughs> I get a snippy question from a young guy, like, whatever. Like, But you don't but, have to like every aspect of the no, job, right? No, you don't, and, and I'm not saying he needs to be pleasant all the time, but I thought, it, I thought the way he was answering those questions, it was one of the most egregious interviews I've ever seen in my life, where this guy just felt... Like, he's earned the right to not even have these questions asked, was how it seemed to come across. And it was like, you, again, haven't made a good move in a long time. And your moves are steadily getting worse, and your teams are getting worse. And someone is asking you a basic question as to, hey, you made a trade that makes no fucking sense at all. Why'd you make the trade? And he's like, well, he's Duncan Keith. He's in the record book. And, like, we have birthdays in Detroit. I know how birthdays were. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, fuck Ken Holland, man. I'm sick of that prick. I thought it was a great interview. Need, fuck need, him. Need, need a little more of that from the uh, NHL gyms around the world. Well, yeah. you, you think so, though? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's good for the game. Like, I, I, I think I, it's fantastic. I, do you? Yeah. You got you got a bunch of guys sitting around saying, why did, why, why did, you, why that, did you give up Caleb Jones for... For Duncan Keith and and Colin, Ken Holland has to sit there and be like, well, like what? Do we get him for free? Well, of course not. Like, what a dumb fucking no, question No, I wouldn't get him at all, though. That's but, the point. But what a dumb you question ask. You shouldn't even get him for free. He's not even worth free. Sure. They should be paying you to take him. That's sure. the fucking point. Sure, but why ask the dumb question? I don't think it is a dumb it's question. It's a ridiculous I, I question. Think, I, think, I think he made one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my life, and he should and have agree. to fucking answer for that. And... The problem, the problem with, like, it's the whole thing with the Edmonton media, right? Where it's just like there's always been a disconnect between whoever the whoever the general manager is and whoever the media is, or they're completely in bed with each other. And there's never there's there's never seems to be a balance there. And so the last regime, they can't do anything fucking wrong. And then Ken Holland is Ken Holland, and he can't do anything fucking wrong, according to some of them too. So. The smarter guys in the Edmonton media need to do a good job of just being like, "Hey, what the fuck, bro?" And and I like that's why when I heard that question, I I agreed with it because it was just like, "This is a horrible fucking trade." And 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 short of coming out and saying that because you can't because then you're never gonna get media access again. Yeah, that's the only other way to kind of be like, "Hey, are you okay? Like, are you you still think okay or what?" I, I guess, but like to me, it was one of those things where like. I agree. The trade is bad. No, for sure. But the trade's over. <laughs> if you're debating that, yeah, let's just turn off the mics now. So. <laughs> the, the, the trade is over. It's happened. Yeah, it, it, we can't go back at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're walking into a press conference, and you, as a reporter, are going to go up to an NHL general manager who probably knows that much more than you do, or else you would probably have the fucking job, right? Well, in Edmonton, no. And and you sit down in your chair, and they just it, hire it, guys in comes to be your turn, and, and you ask the question, uh, Ken, why was uh, 2 plus 2 4? And Ken Holland has to answer your fucking question. Well, it's it's 4 because that's what it is. Yeah. Like, 
the deal was the deal because that's what the price was. I think I think I would have had more time for it if and this is just a personal opinion. If I had more respect for Ken Holland. But I Maybe. don't. I don't. I think he's fairly overrated. Think he did a really good job for a while in Detroit, but uh, he's not. Put it this way: he's not someone that should be running an NHL team at this point. At this point, no, I no. would agree with that. When they hired him, I was kind of like, okay, maybe, <laughs> but nothing since yeah. then has made me think. That it's not been a good time. No. That's for sure. And like no. the thing is, too, like it's just the last point I was going to make is like, you know, we had. The, uh, it's not like I have an example for every time they made a hire of this type who they should have gone with. But Edmonton is so fucking classic for just hiring guys they know. And that's part of the problem where I think, like, you know, you ask the question, like, would the writer have that job kind of thing? Like, I don't think Edmonton is anywhere near thinking outside the box and hiring someone different because they're the since the 1980s, when they had Sather, they, Sather leaves in 2000, Kevin Lowe, Steve Tambellini, Craig McTavish, Peter Shirelli, Keith Gretzky, Ken Holland. These are all guys that had either ties to uh, Daryl Cates and the ownership, or whoever the ownership was even back 20 years ago, uh, or connection to the Oilers to some degree. You know what I mean? And it's fine to go with guys you know, but when this team has nothing to show for the last 20 years at some point, you know what I mean? And it's just, they keep giving the keys to guys where it's like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of it. What do, what do you think... We've the, had this the, conversation so many times. What do you think the best case scenario is for Duncan Keith in, in Edmonton? Dunk on Keith, eh? Well, the best case scenario... The best, like, is he... Can he can the he, best he, case scenario is he bounces back. That's in, not in, gonna in happen. 29, in 2019-2020, for example, mm-hmm. the, the, the first of the lockout short... Or not lockout, the COVID shortened COVID years. shortened uh, he was on pace for well about 36, 37 points. Mm-hmm. Okay, can he be that in in Edmonton? Like, can he have those offensive numbers if all he's doing is feeding Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? See, the, the crazy thing is that as bad as I think he is, I'd probably put him on the first power play unit. And you know, like that is one of the few things he's still like. You never lose your your touch for the stick. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're always going to be able to pass the puck at an elite level and stuff like that. It's just everything else kind of fades, right? Um, best case scenario, I don't, I don't know. Like he still might put up 35 points, but is that enough to justify bringing him in, though? Uh, well, put it this way: at the end of the day, if this team's good, then who gives a shit? Sure. But they're going to need to be good in spite of Duncan Keith. Not they're not going to be good because Duncan Keith is making them good. Is is I think a pretty safe resolution on this one. So, um, yeah, best case scenario is they're good in spite of them, I guess. Uh, Duncan Keith, Darnell Nurse, and Ethan Bear protected by the Oilers on defense. Killer Yamamoto, Jesse Pogliarvi, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, Zach Cassie, and Leon. Dre- Connor McDavid did get protected for the record. Uh, Zach Cassie and Leon Dreisaitl, uh Josh Archibald, and. Stuart Skinner in net? Yep. Is that the goalie? He's a guy. Okay, I thought that was the the mouse from Stuart Little, but um, Stuart Skinner and brother of Principal Skinner. Right. Those those are your protected players for the Edmonton Oilers. Um 
Oscar Clefbaum's available. Uh, hasn't played a lot of hockey, but probably the most intriguing name out there. You don't really want to go anywhere near Adam Larson, I would think. You don't really want to go anywhere near Chris Russell, I would think. Tyson Berry's a free agent. That leaves you with some pretty uh, uninspired forward selection choices between James Neal, Alex Chason. Cal Turris is interesting. The cap hits low. You get another year. Maybe he bounces back. Has a has a you know a, g- a good season as maybe your third line centerman. Uh, but beyond that, everybody else is a free agent except for Devin Shore. So I don't know. I think I go Cal Turris and cross my fingers, hope for the best. And if he's your third line centerman, you can get by with that. I think. Yeah. Um, it's easy for me to say this because it's not an informed decision. Uh. But provided there is some hope that he's playing hockey ever again, Clef bomb easily for me. Mm. Easily. Yeah. Um, okay, so they got fleeced last time. Famously so. <laughs> See, I was going to say, too, I thought it was weird the Flames didn't protect Alex Petrovic. Because isn't, right. he, isn't he the guy... He's worth a few isn't he the guy 30 goal scorers, for sure. For sure. Uh, Good stuff. The Florida Panthers are going to try to do better than they did last time okay. when they uh, lost no, not hard. a lot of a lot of really good pieces. Now, Sam Montembeau is very close to Marcia So. That's true. That might yeah, it might come back to bite They did them. expose a lot of French dudes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, protected is Alexander Barkov, Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Patrick Horkvist, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mason Marchman, which I was kind of surprised to see. And yeah, they, they they like him there, and yeah. he actually was good this year. Like, Carter Verhage. I'm kind of pumped for him. Like I like Marchman. Yeah, was, I'm happy that's worked okay. out for him. Yeah. Like he's he's a good player. Aaron Ekblad, Gustav Forsling, and Mackenzie Weger on defense, and the ten million dollar man himself, <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> um, Things that make you go, but uh, Chris Drieger, obviously yes. is, is an interesting name, but he's a free agent, so you take your chances there that he does. He just wants to test the open market, mm-hmm. which I honestly think he does. Bet on yourself. You had a good season. This was your coming out party. You, you never know. Like there are multiple reports that say Dreger to Seattle is a done deal. Like he's the one player where it's like we can confidently say Seattle has. Not only are they taking him, they apparently seem to have agreed to a contract with him. Mm. So whether or not that's accurate, or if it's as done as people are making it sound, I don't know. Um, who who would you take? I got a I got a lot I I got a lot of time for Radko Gudis. Yeah, Rad, Radko Gudis kicks ass. He got next year and the year after on the right side, two and a half million bucks. He's maybe the most average player in the last three, four years that I would kill for the Leafs to get. Mm. I just want the Leafs to have this motherfucker, you know? Mm-hmm. But alas, we do not. Yeah. So for me, I think it comes down to Gudis or Dreger. Mm. Uh, as someone that's not an NHL insider... Treasure scares me off a little bit. So yeah. I, I'm gonna go Gudis. Okay. Yeah. Um I'd probably go Dreger. Uh I do like Dreger. Um I actually quite like Nolachari. Okay. I think Nolachari's a really good depth player. He reminds me in this draft, he reminds me of, like, the rich man's Thomas Nosek in a way, where it's just like, he doesn't really move the needle as a name on the list, but once you take him, he's going to be a fixture there, you know what I mean? Um, 
So I, I like Achari, but I'd probably I'd probably go Dreger. Holy hell, do you know that Ryan Lomberg is available? Wow. Um I'd probably go Ryan Lomberg. <laughs> no, I, I would I wouldn't, but I love Ryan Lomberg. Yeah. I, I, I fan. he oh Big he's fan. my he's my favorite average player in the league, for yeah. sure. He's my favorite. I fucking love him. Uh, the Los Angeles hockey team, uh, the Kings. Yeah, um, they left. Uh, they left their franchise goaltender available, Jonathan Quick, and his five point eight million dollar cap hit. Uh, two Stanley Cups uh, with the team. Probably, probably not. Not going to happen for for him. <laughs> uh, Elias Anderson, Victor Arvidsson, Dustin Brown, Alex Iafello, Adrian Kempe, Anze Kopitar, Trevor Moore. Drew Doughty, Matt Waugh, Sean Walker, Calvin Pedersen are the protected players in L.A. Uh, yeah, I don't know here. This this is another team where it's a lot of spare parts, I think. Uh, L.A., a lot of youth there that doesn't qualify, so they don't have to spend any of their picks protecting what is, by all accounts, probably their best players. Um, Holy Matta, a little too rich for my blood. Uh, Curtis McDermott, a little too unknown for my blood. Um, I think this one's Carl Grundstrom for me. Really? Yeah. Uh, th- th- this is one of the easiest ones for me, and it's not Grundstrom. That's why mm. I was kind of surprised. But Grun- Grundstrom, like, I like Grundstrom. Um, it's Kale Clegg for me, for, for sure. Like, K- Kale Clegg is uh, just turned 23, is a former second-round pick, who skates like the fucking wind, and by all accounts, seems to have a good hockey sense. He had, in his uh, final year in the OHL, he was like a 70-point guy, or WHL, sorry, he's like a 70-point guy. Um, I, I think there's a lot there. He is a guy that I think of as part of the future of the LA Kings defense, and the fact that they're willing to move on from him. It's not like a Shea Theodore type of, like, what the fuck, but he's a guy I think could is easily going to be like a consistent NHL defenseman at some point. Um, so yeah, I, I would take him for sure. Like, this is easily. another guy that shows up as not meeting the requirement exposure. Games he's, a, played. he's on NHL's list, so I I, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I'll be. I I'll confess where, to you. I didn't read all the rules. I don't know where cat friendly <laughs> and NHL differ, but cat friendly says he's got nine games missing to qualify. So well, I'm trusting the NHL because they put it out as five. Wow, so. that is the last thing I would do. Is trust <laughs> the NHL. So. Well, yeah, they've been very transparent yeah. about everything recently. Right. You hear about this? No, now. definitely. Okay. Um, if sorry, if for whatever reason the NHL is wrong and he's not available, uh, well, I'd probably go Jacob Overar then. But also not available according to Catherine. Okay, then I yeah. would. All right. Um, Let's hmm. see how far we. How about this. can I have Quinton Byfield or? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, no. Well, then I'd probably go Grundstrom then. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I'd go Blake Lizot. Is he available? I think he is. When I did it, I think he's available. He is. All right. Yeah, I'd take him. Yeah. Grunstrom's right. still good, though. He is. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't I hate him. that either. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get a beer, and we're not editing this, so please tell us oh. about the crazy thing. Oh, I get to go back to hosting? I haven't done this in, like, two years. Did, cool. Uh, on the same All day. right. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have heard about this team called the Minnesota Wild. 
But about 84 years ago, they did this crazy thing where they uh, heard of a couple free agents who were good that knew each other because they were from Minnesota, and they decided to sign them to. Well, hang on. They now. decided to sign them to a 27-year, uh, $300 trillion matching contract kind of thing, and they were like, they ha- but they have to do everything together. They have to live in a in an apartment together. They have to travel in the same car. At one point, they had to wear clothes that were sewn together, and they were just like. You know, attached. They actually had like a, a failed pilot, I think, that they pitched to NBC. <laughs> All suited up or something like yeah. that. It would just be, you know. Yeah. Um, as long as I got my suitor in Parisi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they bought out. Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to save (laughs) 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 to save this this might be the this might be my favorite moment in the history of the podcast is trying to talk about this to save 10 million dollars this year but no money (laughs) moving forward so what they've decided is they're going to trade for Jack Eichel with assets they don't have, by the way. Um, and then they're going to trade him next year because they won't be able to afford him because they don't have that $10 million anymore. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they save, um, like, yeah, $10 million this year, but then uh, they'll be owing money. <laughs> for three years after that I like the idea of there being like a salary cap office where like it's like when you go to pay a parking ticket at the courthouse or something you go in and there's just a, like a lady working there and they're gonna have to pay money towards their cap now and just like wow like we've never had anyone come in here and she's like flipping the rule book to try to figure out like what she's even supposed to do right. you know they didn't cover this in basic training yeah that's right um Brutes, I want to correct you. You, you blew it. Oh, um, uh, Ryan Suter actually from uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Really, not from Minnesota. Really. Well, that's why they bought him out then. Right. They yeah. found out that he wasn't a hometown. You're boy. a fucking cheesehead. Get the that's fuck right. out of here. Wait, you like the Packers? You sick fuck. And you know, like having all that money off the books would be fine. Uh, except they also went out and they extended Joel Erickson Eck at a, at a really good contract. I like it. I think it's a really I good I deal. I love it. I like it, though. I think it's a really good deal, but again, that's another five... Like They just almost seem to like forget that, oh, no, we did sign Erickson Eck. That, that, that $5 million doesn't exist anymore because we're paying him that. And they still haven't signed Kaprizov. And they still haven't signed Kevin Fiala. Like... Well, and, you know, again, whether or not you want to read into the reports, because it's not like it's, you know, it's not like LeBron was saying this or anything, but, like, there are reports that Kaprizov turned down an eight-year, $72 million contract. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't pay the kid, but if he's, if his, if his blood's a little rich, uh, this could get a little messy here, you know? You, you gotta pay the the best player in franchise history though, right? 
guy played one year. He's the best player they've ever had. Who's better? No, oh no, I'm not. No, I'm not oh, disagreeing okay. you there. But but how do you deal with the contract? Is more. I think. Right now, if the reports of him wanting like a million, like eleven million dollars a year, are correct, that that is that is too rich for me, based on what he did last year. Mm-hmm. However, I am willing to bet that we still have not seen the best of this kid. Is the thing? Yeah, like he reminds me a lot of Artemi Panarin. I think he's just going to be a guy where you can put him anywhere with anyone, and he's going to succeed. So I'd probably I'd. I'd probably pay him that money eventually, but Cause that's it gets thing, a little right? hairy quick here. That's the thing. You're, you're going to give him the, the three-year bridge deal, say. Harry Quick also not protected by the no. Kings. You're going to give him the three-year bridge deal, for example, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're going to pay him $6 million a year. And then that's going to expire. Mm-hmm. And then he's really going to be worth $11 million, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Except... You just bought out two guys that are now costing you in that third year. Can can we talk about that actually, like, just from a hockey sense for a second here? Because, like, the problem I had... Parise's one thing, okay? If for some reason there's an understanding that if you buy out Parise, Suter's going to be unhappy, then that's something. But I don't... That doesn't make any sense to me. No. You know what I mean? So I don't buy that. So you're buying out a guy who, whether or not you want to consider Suter their best defenseman at this at this point, that like that's fine. If you want to say he's not, I don't agree with you, but that's fine. But this is a team that got most of their success going last year based on the fucking strength of their four top five, five top defensemen with Carson Susie. And being able to just throw anyone out there and they are better than you defensively constantly. And Suter is the face of that. Suter is the best guy I think they have to do that, to play major minutes. And even though he's aging, why buy him out now? Like, if you you think you're so good and you need money to fucking go after these free agents, clear it up with the depth guys you fucking overpay. Why is Suter the guy you're running out of town? Like... Get Zuccarello the fuck out of there. Or, like, even he had a good year, but, like, at $6 million a year, you think he's going to be worth $6 million next year? No. Is Suter worth seven and a half to you, though? Probably. Like, he, he actually might be. This is the weirdest buyout I've ever seen. And I, I've got to be honest with you, like, because you brought it up earlier, like, Kaprizov being the best player that they've ever had. I think Ryan Suter is the best Minnesota Wild of all time. And to buy him out under that circumstance... In a, in a time where he's still fine and the team is good, is the weirdest look. This is one of the this is one of the absolute weirdest hockey decisions I have ever seen in my life. It's too bad um, Ken Holland didn't know that Brian Suter was going to be available. <laughs> Holy fuck! I would have taken Nick Letty for fuck's sakes, like. Nick Letty got... We didn't even talk about that. Nick Letty got... Nick Letty got traded to the Red Wings. Terrible trade. Uh, <laughs> I would have taken him over Keith, though. Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel's available. Also, don't like him, but he's better than Keith. He's... But he's also a Keith. So maybe... You know what I mean? He heard that Duncan was going to be the best Keith available this offseason. 
And then Keith Kachuk's going to get bought out tomorrow. But where, where does Suter go? I mean, there should be 30 teams calling. 31 now calling for him. Um, hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Avalanche. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, maybe, I think maybe I, Tampa. Tampa. Wow. I mean, um, it might be somewhere weird too. Like I could see, I could see it being Montreal. Make a lot of sense, right? Like if, if Weber's not going to be playing this year, yeah. you got to replace those minutes somehow. Do it with a guy who's actually better than Shea Weber, who's also buddies with Shea Weber. <laughs> you know, like. I think he goes to Chicago. Why? Feel some of the void that Duncan Keith has left because of his. You're still close to because of his brother Pu Suter being right. There. You're you're so <laughs> close to home, and Chicago's got nothing to lose. You might get a better contract from them. Hmm. But he 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 still gets all that buyout money basically. So it's like I would go some. I I think he's gonna want to go somewhere good. Yeah. You know. Hmm. I don't know, but but I I could I could see it being almost anywhere. I I don't know. That's a tough one, because and because like like that's my point is like you can sign Ryan Suter for like one point five against the cap, sure, and he would be like, well, yeah, Minnesota owes me fucking forty million dollars or whatever. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> like I don't yeah. care. I'll play for free this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, so, that's a good point. You know, it, it depends how bad he wants a cup. He strikes me as a guy who really wants a fucking Stanley Cup. So um, love Ryan Suter. Is Parise done? Does he re? What, what do you mean by done? Does he re up with his old boy Lou Lamorello in in Long Island for one more kick at the can? There's I, not a lot of hockey left in him. <sighs> Fuck. That's a that's that's a tough one, man. Like I I really like Zach Parise, and it, it 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 I don't know why for some reason his injury problems upset me. Like it's just. It's tough to see. Um, I, I hope he goes somewhere, and I hope he gets a good run because I, I think he's a good dude. But um, I think he's done being a productive top six forward on his own. But I think he could be a decent complimentary piece on a decent line. Um, I just a just a. Shot in the dark here. I get a I get a Rangers vibe from him. You got a you, sorry. You said you got a, a Rangers vibe from him. Yeah. No. Okay. You you said that, and I immediately said to myself, "Well, yeah, that's because his dad played there, but his his dad played in Long Island." So. <laughs> huh. No, I get I. Yeah. I think there's a fit there. Rangers, okay. rain, Rangers. If I'm him, okay, yeah, I don't mind that. I, I I do like the Lou connection in Long Island, but but let's just say New yeah. York, and we'll cover all of our bases. Sure, the podcast says New York signs with the Sabers. <laughs> well, can we, I'm going to get to play with Jack Eichel. I'm going to make all this money. <laughs> oh man, no, no, don't do that. We've seen that one before, buddy. The Buffalo Sabers have traded Jack Eichel to Minnesota Wild. No. <laughs> Uh, the Wild, when it comes to the expansion draft, did protect uh, newly signed Joel Erickson Eck, Kevin Fiala, Marcus Foligno, who might be joined by brother Nick in the not-too-distant future, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman, Nico Sturm, Mats Zuccarello, defenseman Jonas Brody and Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon, and 
the goaltender not named Kako Kakinen. Uh yeah, it's fucking it's fucking Capo Kakinen. Like what what what? what, what? Yeah. Guy, guy's the next Tuka Rask. You think so, eh? He's really You're high. Young. He's really good. I'm I'm not that high on okay, him, but, sorry. but he's young. He's the next Pekarini. Oh, then I really don't. I don't want. Don't you don't want Pekarini? Top five goal of his era. Um, <laughs> to change the subject, I would take uh, I I would take Carson Susie, but. You're, you also wouldn't be wrong to take Kakinen, I think. That's a good pick, too. I'm taking Kako Kakinen. Yep, that, and that's fine. Like, I don't agree, but that's a good pick. Um, they're they're lucky in the sense that they left Kakinen and Susie out there, that they're probably going to be able to retain Ian Cole one way or another, which I know they want to do, but, like, you couldn't protect him. Like, that's batshit insane, yeah. right? So, um, yeah. Brad Hunt, also available. Yeah, a former expansion pick with the Vegas Golden Knights. I will call Sam Tamlin and Good. let him know. Good. Yeah. All right, this brings us to the, the the floppy fish in the in the river. Oh, man, so many good players out there. So um, it's a fucking Stanley Cup caliber team. First, let's talk about the guy that had to put this list together because Mark Bergevin might not be coming back. Uh, reports <laughs> floating around... <laughs> That while the rest of us all thought he wouldn't be back next year because he was getting fired, or I, I suppose the year after, uh, Mark Bergman sounds like he's content to just ride out the last year of his contract, not take the reported offer that's on the table to extend him, mm-hmm. because he's just not really sure if he wants to do this. Now, and I heard that the Canadians were actually leaving Mark Bergman unprotected uh, because he has some sort of a hip injury. He's going to need surgery. He's going to be out for the season. Um, that guy's never been hurt in Daniels. So him and, him and Weber and Carey Price are going to go drink mimosas all, like, all season. Mark Bergevin is the most fit guy in the world. What, what, what but he's about? big. He is. So Maybe. that's hard on the joints I guess shit, so. you know? I guess so. But, like, this might be the smartest thing Mark Bergevin could do, I think. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Really, I it's interesting. It's, I, it's surprising, I, I think, but I agree with it. I think Montreal's protected list... Kicks ass! Like I, I love it. Oh, I, sorry, I meant him not coming back. Oh, <laughs> well, what do you like? In March, we were talking about firing this guy. Why? So, so why wouldn't he take an extension? Well, here's why: because his entire he's time gonna go work he's, for the NHL or something. The entire time he's been in Montreal, he's been scrutinized because it's Montreal. Every time the team, like, shows any sign of weakness. Or or, or sign, warning signs are flashing where they might not make the playoffs. It's we got to fire this guy. He gets the one year where he takes the team to the Cup final. They're talking about firing him two days before the playoffs because we don't know if they're making the playoffs still. Mm-hmm. He lucks into this miracle run, saves his career, saves his job in Montreal. They come to him and say hey, here's five more years to come do what you've just been through the last five, and we're going to keep talking about firing you every single year. And the alternative is that Mark Bergman says, well, I just took a no-name team to the finals and turned Max Domi into Josh Anderson and you know brought in Toffoli and, and whatever else you want to put on your resume. Mm-hmm. There's... 
15 other teams that want my services, and they're not going to be breathing down my neck 24-7 to have me fired. I think it's a win-win. You leave on your own terms, you sign where you want to sign, and you don't have to worry about your job day in and day out. Okay, so... I'm not... I'm not saying that I have this opinion, but but there is certainly an argument to be made that and I don't know if he's getting another general manager job other places though. Like there wow. there are a lot of people that seem to think that you take the need to be able to speak French out of the equation and he maybe isn't an NHL general manager. And I don't agree with that. Like I actually do think I wouldn't hire him, but I think Mark Bergevin is a useful general manager. Like, you look at his track record. He's pulled some moves out of his ass. Now, he's made some horrible fucking moves, too, but, like, he's made some trades where it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, even just getting Radulov back from Europe to sign anywhere and he picks Montreal. Like, what? Like, how how did you pull that off? Any place he could have signed, he chose there. And you had Carl Alsner on TV that one day, too, being like, well, you know what, I basically had no interest in playing Montreal, but uh, uh, I talked to Mark Bergevin on the phone, and he was just so charming, I couldn't resist it. And it's like, am I watching The Bachelor here right now? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You've charmed the pants off you. You signed... Yeah. I mean, also, he gave him $25 million or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's an amazing GM, but I think... No. I think any GM that does what they... I just don't think... That happened this year... Warrants a look from a few teams. I just don't think that it's a sound career move to be like, ah, well, I'll go somewhere else when, unless he's getting offers or he, he knows of something we don't, which I'm sure he does. But like, like let's. Let, I don't let know me, who's calling for Mark Bergevin. Is my point. Let me put an example in front of you right sure. now. Okay, so he goes into next season. He signs. He signs the extension tomorrow, right? That Montreal has reportedly given him. Whatever the number is, he signs it. He goes into the next season, and they miss the playoffs because Montreal's not good, and they're back in a conference or a division with Tampa Bay and Boston and Florida and Toronto and and whatever else, and they miss the playoffs, and he gets fired before that extension even kicks in. Doesn't really sound like a great career move to me by all accounts you know like buy your time see the last year of your contract through and even if it does end in you missing the playoffs you can sell to the new team that you're talking to that you left of your own accord I took a team to the Seneca finals and I'm, I'm looking for a new job instead of why'd you get fired from Montreal that doesn't even occur I, I, I don't know. I, I think my point is just that if a team is willing to give you term and money to do the job that you're already doing, take Term doesn't matter in that, in that job, though. It's, it's like a coach. You sign an extension for three years, you might be there for one. Like, there's, there's no well, way to... Okay, but term... Like, those guys generally still get paid all their money. Like, that, that is one sure. job where when you get fired... So, like Mike Babcock is the wrong getting money. Mike, oh, I, Mike, I Mike Babcock is going he's to not, make that $48 million. But he's not coaching hockey, was. which he probably wants to be doing. No, but... And when that contract ends, does he get another coaching it's just, job? It's probably just, not. But, but 
I, I think my thought is that if Mark Bergevin takes $30 million to stay with the Montreal Canadiens and they fire him eight months into that contract, now he can just go somewhere else. If there's interest, take another general manager job and still get paid the $30 million he was owed plus whatever. Montreal Canadiens sure would have to release him from his contract. If they fire him and let him talk to other teams, though, they still they still pay him. They still pay him, but he yeah. can't take a job unless they well, remove him from his contract. Well, if they want to do that, too, I get that. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was a brilliant move by him to just not flat out take that contract right away. I Okay, I, I will meet you halfway and say that I think to not take it right away is an interesting move. Okay. And it's not... It's not necessarily stupid, mm. but you got to be careful what you do do in the next little bit. And like, I got to tell you, every movie's made since uh, I heard about the contract thing, pretty good. I like the protection list. He was one of the few general managers I think that had some fucking balls here. Yeah. And even even though I think we both accept that Montreal's run is like somewhat fake, it's not easy to take. Literally two of the faces of your team be like, ah, we're not protecting you. Okay. Yeah, we'll see you later. Have fun in Seattle. Thank you for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Price and Weber sat up there and were like almost bawling their eyes out after they fucking lost. And a week later, Mark Bergman's like, all right, well, fuck those guys. Like, well, what, Weber's, like Weber's one thing, right? Because he's not playing hockey next year. So why would Seattle take him? No, he's not. He's not playing hockey next year. It's been reported. He's not. So, he was supposed to retire three years ago, too, though. Yeah, but now he's saying he's not playing hockey next year. This isn't Darren Draga reporting because my cousin I'm, I'm told just, me I'm that... I'm just saying we've been down this road before. I'm not, bu- I'm not buying it. Okay. I'm not buying it. Okay. If you're Ron Francis, though, I think you have to buy it a little bit. No, if I'm Ron Francis, I'm not taking Shea Weber, sure. but that has nothing to do with the injury. <laughs> I wouldn't touch him with a fucking dead foot wow. But, like, um, yeah, like, if... if if you run Francis, for sure you're buying it. If I'm an opposing general manager, I I wouldn't touch him. But I don't buy that that's exactly what's happening here. Okay. I'm skeptical. On okay. That. Uh, I'm taking Carey Price. Okay. Like, I don't really see why you don't. So your your goaltenders are Price and Bishop. Yep. And when one you, of them you with, could do a lot worse. And when one of them with a no movement clause gets tired of being a backup. <laughs> They will wave, well, and I will flip them. Hey, or you just, or you run like Vegas does right now with or Flurry Leonard, like and it's just like, oh, oh, Flurry's out tonight. Oh, okay, that's fine. We have a goalie that's probably better than him. We're gonna put him in. <laughs> no, on, on, honestly, like people are gonna like roll their eyes at home, saying, "Oh, you're gonna spend sixteen million dollars on goaltending." Yeah, no, I'm going to spend sixteen million dollars on two guys that should be starting goaltenders in this league that both have no movement clauses. And that I'm going to tell one of them, sorry, you're not playing hockey next year because you're going to be the backup. Oh, by the way, I've got Capo Kakinen, so you might not even oh, be yeah, on the him too. you might not even be on the bench. Your team's loaded in that. So have fun sitting in the press box. You sure you don't want to move that no movement clause? Okay, whatever. I've got cap space to play with this year. So when one of them gets tired of not playing hockey, I'm sure, which my team had cap space to play with. I'll, I'll flip one of the two best goalies in the league for whatever the highest bidder wants to sell me. Well, again, I agree with 
like I, I would do the same move, but the only thing I would comment on on what you just said is flipping Carey Price to the highest bidder I don't think is going to be an option. He's going to Seattle or he's retiring in Montreal, and that is pretty much it for Carey Price. Like that contract is untouchable. I don't care how good you are. Well, at ten you know and a half what million I mean? it is, but if you're that's Seattle, you pick him up, you retain half. Well, if well, and well, that's another thing, though. If you if you want to retain five million dollars against the cap till it's over, which I think yeah. is what four more seasons, twenty twenty six. So yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So it just depends where Seattle's at. I understand that if they if they end up being a shitty rebuilding team, you're not going to miss five million dollars. But if if they're Vegas adjacent, look at Vegas now. They don't have they don't have a million dollars to spare, yeah. let alone five. So, well, what what was the number know. one reason that Vegas had success that first year? Was having a good number one goaltender. It it helped set the table anyway. They 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 were a pure confidence team, and they've built a culture there, I think. But like, they don't build that confidence if Flurry doesn't come out of the gates fucking swinging. Season, yeah, yeah before yeah. he got hurt, yeah, he was having a good fucking season. Playoffs too, so. was on a, a yeah. absolute. Hot streak, and Carey Price just proved that you know, hate, love him or hate him, yeah. Whether you think he's a good goalie, still he had yep. a playoffs, yeah. Right, like he can have that Completely. run still. So, yep. I yep, take Carey Price without even batting an eye. I, I take him too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, and no question. I, I would say the only comment I have on that is, I'm imagining that he's going through something significant, but if. Jonathan Druin's coming back healthy next year. Maybe, but it's a big if. Yeah, I I feel like there's something a little sinister going on there, perhaps. So, um, I would go Price, but I'm certainly interested in Jonathan Druin. Uh, halfway through, I've spent half my cap money. I've got three no, goaltenders, six defensemen, seven forwards. And uh, let's see what happens. So, so I'm doing really good with my cap management. I feel at this point. So. That's great. I have no yeah. idea how I'm doing. I might be like okay. 300 million over the cap. No, that's fair. I feel like I've done a pretty good job. I feel like I haven't taken many big fish because there are guys I know in these later teams that I want that make a lot of money. Yeah. You know. Okay. So I think we're about to get there. Uh, the Nashville Predators made a big deal ahead of the uh, protection list f- f- roster freeze, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they they flipped. Where is it now? I gotta I gotta find it here. Uh, oh yes, they they flipped uh, Ryan Ellis to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers for Nolan Patrick and Philip Meyer. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Ryan Ellis off the books. Um, Real quick, I, I think the Philadelphia Flyers need a guy like Ryan Ellis. I think the National Predators don't need a guy like Ryan Ellis. So, um, whether you want to say the cost was a little high for him, I'll I'll hear the debate, I suppose. But so I'm I'm a pretty I'm pretty high in Nolan Patrick. I'll say that. Okay. So, but, oh, sorry. I thought you were in the. I thought you were still making points. No, no, just. Yeah, um, okay, so the the, the Ellis deal, um, I I think it's probably the right move. I mean, you know, if you had to pick a defenseman to move on from, I maybe would have moved on from Ekholm over Ellis. But Ellis has had some 
injury problems that I think maybe they're a little bit concerned about how healthy he's going to stay into yeah. his 30s. And I'm okay with that. I think I think that's smart. And I think Nashville needs to be a little frugal when it comes to that stuff because they don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room at the moment. So, um, I'm really high on Ryan Ellis. So, it, it's hard for me to say that I don't think it's going to work out that well. But I am always skeptical when the Flyers acquire a guy at this point. Like, I just... Everyone seems to go there and die. And, uh, you know... That, that, that's that's kind of a problem for me. So, there was just something about it where... So, just the fact that it's Philly makes me nervous. And I don't know how else to put that. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. And I love Ryan Ellis. He's one of my favorite players in the league. But I, I liked him when he was younger. Um, I don't think that you're getting a lot of quality at 6.25 out of Ryan Ellis at this point in his career. I'll, but I'll say this. And this is eye test. This is, there aren't numbers on this one, but like I think he is one one of the top three to five defensemen in the league when it comes to power play quarterback. Uh, and he's been on a horrendous power play for years. I think you put him with actual weapons where they seem to know what they're doing, kind of thing. Uh, I think that'll help. And Philadelphia is a team where they could have a good power play if they want one. So I suppose, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nashville turned right around and uh, flipped Nolan Patrick to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Cody Glass. Uh, Cody Glass. Not bad. I would probably prefer Nolan Patrick. Pro- probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, though. That's uh, you're, you're talking about two guys that have had similar issues. So, you know, well, not not even really. Like Patrick has more just been injuries, whereas Glass, it's like, well, they've tried him and he just doesn't seem to be an NHL yeah. player yet. So, um, first, he's, first he's pick still ever young in enough. Vegas uh, history. That's neat. Yeah, the longest standing Vegas Golden Knights gone. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I would prefer Patrick, but I, I don't. I certainly don't hate that trade. I like Philippe Myers. I'll say that too. I think he's a good player. Just, uh, just a couple boys from Winnipeg, Manitoba, you know, getting traded for each other. Is that where Patrick's from? Yeah, they're, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so that brings us back to the expansion side of things. Now that uh, Ryan Ellis is off the books, the Nashville Predators uh, are the first team thus far on our list to not go cool. the 7-3 and three route. Yeah. And instead, they've protected Philip Forsberg, Tanner Janot, who I've not heard of. That's cool, eh? Uh, <laughs> they protect for forwards, and it's like, who's the one and, guy? And Luke Coonan on forward. They picked five defensemen, Alexander Carrier, Matt, Matthias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Roman Yossi, Philip Myers, and unsigned goaltender UC Saros. Uh, Pekka Rene, obviously, as we mentioned, retiring. So, where do you go if you're Seattle? Not, uh, not a lot to like here. You could take uh, Connor Ingram. I hear goaltenders named Ingram are, are usually pretty good, but mm. I probably wouldn't. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, a pair of $8 million boys up front, yeah. both left unprotected. It's interesting. It's it's interesting to consider, but yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, I am going to spend some money. Oh. Yes. Uh, I, I, would, I would take Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Um, it is 
It's a lot of money. Uh, that it is. I don't. <laughs> I almost don't even know what to say about Nashville. Like, I don't have. Uh, when it comes to evaluating players who have come from Nashville, I think you have to put an asterisk on them. Like, it, it's just very hard for me to look at a guy and be like, oh, well, he did all this, and it was in Nashville. And it's like, oh, well, all right. Who the hell knows what that means, then? Because they are a team that doesn't make any fucking sense. They play two defensemen on the power play when no one else does that. Uh, they play a defensive system, despite the fact that all of their defensemen like to freewheel and fucking run up the ice. Um, you know, they, they lose games because they have a goaltender who fucking shits his pants every few nights. Like, it, it, it's Nashville's just a weird one. I don't love Ryan Johansson, but I'm willing to take the risk, I think. I do not like Ryan Johansson. I get the risk, but mm-hmm. there's just not... Especially his last couple of years. Like It's not like he's been holding par. He's been getting worse. So, I don't know what he's still, to like there. He's still okay defensively, I think. is what sure. it, That's the saving grace for me. Is like At the absolute worst, he's still a productive NHL player. It's just not nearly worth $8 million. Like, put put it this way. Ryan Johansson is sort of if Philip Deneau was worse at defense right now. But I'm willing to bet that Ryan Johansson still has some offensive spark there. I think you put him in a new setting. Like, just get him the fuck out of there. I, I don't know. He just, he seems tired and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, uh, and I'll also say this. If, if someone else at home would rather go Duchesne, I am here for that argument. But I think you take one of those two guys. Because I think there's something to be said about how confusing Nashville is. I'm going to say Kelly Yonkrock. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan, but... I, I, I can't justify the $8 million for two gone, guys that if produce you're going, the same as Kelly Yonkrock. If you're going cheap, I would have gone Trennan, though. Trennan. Jakob Trennan. Jakob Trennan. Trinan, yeah. He's a fucking he's a bitch to play against what are, for sure. What are the numbers looking like here on our old boy? He's like a, he's like a Michael Furlan, but he's Russian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah, I like him. He fights and shit. He's awesome. He's a fun guy. Yeah. I'm gonna switch that to Trinan. You go Trinan? Yeah. Alright, I, I just taught you about a guy. I actually too like Tanner Janot is an interesting one because he he's only played 15 NHL games. He had seven points in those 15 games. In the AHL this year, he absolutely ripped it up in the time he was there, too. He played 13 games, he had 21 points. But, like, this year seems to be an outlier for him. Like, he's an undrafted player. He's 24. It's just, this is one of those names where we may look back on it and be like, who the fuck did they protect? Because this might be a guy who... Yeah. This might be a guy who doesn't play more than, like, 60 or 70 NHL games. Who the fuck knows, right? And they protect him. Like, I like it, though. It's it's ballsy. Yeah, David Poyle's another one I was not expecting to be like, wow, nice. Hey. <laughs> Smoke him if you go. Yeah, every, right? once, yeah. every once in a while, David Poyle. Uh, the New Jersey Devils uh, protected Jesper Bratt, Nicole Heischer, Yanni Kwakinen, Michael McLeod, Igor Shegarangovic, yeah, that is Shanahan. He's good. Uh, Miles Wood, Pavel Zaka, defenseman Ryan Graves, Damon Severson, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Mackenzie Blackwood, the hometown hero. 
Um, pass. <laughs> um, I will say this. I think I think it was four or five teams that I had the same list as. This is one of them. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Same. I same thing. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the guys you should protect. Um, I don't like C. I don't like Severson. Um, I'm really high on Siegenthaler. I think he's a like your perfect third or fourth defense. I like him. He's yeah. perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like Sharon Govich. Like you know, I, I'm good with this protected list. Who do I take? Um, there's three names available, so yeah, it's tough. Do you take PK? Not at all. No, I don't I, think I, I do can't. Either. I I took took yeah. Carry. I can't do PK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they can do the fucking the handshake thing that they do when they win. That's All right. fourteen games they win. They'll sell merchandise. I'll take uh, I'll take Brett Senny. Who? Brett Senny, Senny, whatever it is. Not eligible according to Cat Friendly. Oh, yeah. well, he's on the NHL. Yeah. Uh, if not, then I'll take uh, shit. I don't know who's similar to Brett Senny. All of them are. I'll take uh, Nathan Bastion. Uh, sure, never heard of him. Thank you. He's fine. Um, I don't know. He's a he's a fourth line guy at best. I don't know. Like I, I think I take Scott Wedgwood. Oh, you got a lot of goalies cooking now. Well, you need somebody in the minors. That's four. I like it. Though. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Trimming the Leafs, and you're going to need another goalie. So yeah. Well, as as we found out that first year in Vegas, you can never have enough goaltenders. In case you end up having that to was fucked. Use <laughs> your 19 year old drafty. All right, here comes yeah. Scott Patterson from the uh, WHL. Like, what the fuck? How did we get here? He played in a WHL game there Monday night. He got lit up for seven goals on six shots. It was great. Yeah. Uh, the New York Hockey Islanders. Yeah. Lou Lamorello. What a GM. Oh, boy. GM of the year. GM of the year, baby. Back to back. Baby, we got Matt Martin on a fucking protected Woo. list in 2021. GM of the year. Matt Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier. A lot of sense. Making making some sense yeah, so no, far. Yeah, it's, no, it's going well. Uh, Anders Lee. Yeah, captain, I yeah, guess. You good, know, Brock, good. He's a good player. Brock Nelson, Jean-Gabriel sure. Pajot. Yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, you know. Whatever. Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick, and Ryan Pollock. It's all the same yeah. name. And They're all named the same thing. And the Russian goalie. They, uh, sorry, the uh, the older Russian goalie. The, the older Russian. Semyon Varlamov. Man. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> right? Just crazy. This is the worst protected list. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean... I, I think it's obvious. Josh Bailey. Really? Easily for me. Really? Easily. Five million? For three he's, more years? He's good. He's old. Well, not young. What is he, 30? 31. I acquired him in my uh, be a pro, or my be a GM in NHL on the Oilers, and he's fucking sick for me. So yeah, He'll be 32 before the season starts. I, I would take Josh Bailey. Oof, I can't. Fair enough. Um, what do I got to do? I, I got to take... Um, ugh, that's not a good list. No, it's not great, though. That's my that's the other thing. 
You take the veteran Andy Green on defense, get that veteran presence. Big <laughs> Min. Um, Jesus. I don't know, though, James. Christ. Like, you know, you would say that Seattle obviously spends a lot of money on analytics. I don't know if someone maybe told them that they were spending money on analytics and they actually spent it on, like, a room of people that play video games or something like that. Because it's the same team that spends all this money on analytics and they mm-hmm. hired Dave Haxtell. Yeah. So maybe they do take Andy Green. Who the fuck knows with this team? I don't right, have a lot of faith right. in the Kraken. I like the Golden Knights a lot more. I like Casey Zizekas, but I don't know if I can justify... Free agent, though, isn't he? Agent, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I think he's just going to go back there. Probably. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Give me Michael Dell call. I got his rights, so I'll see if I can get the deal done. Well, yeah. Someone's got to play in the American Hockey League. Yeah, you're not wrong. The uh, New York Rangers, they went out and traded for Barkley Goudreau. Oh my god, I forgot about this. Um, pretty pretty interesting. No deal done as of yet. But, yeah. Uh, seventh round pick <laughs> for Barkley Gujo's rights. Sounds like they're nearing a six-year deal. Um, he in, was left unprotected. In what fucking world? You got to imagine that the deal's going to come after the expansion draft. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's a slam dunk that Seattle picks him up. Uh, Buchnevich, Philip Cheadle, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Kevin Rooney, Ryan Strom, Mika Zabinished, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, and Libor Hayek. Libor Hayek, yeah. Sure. And uh, Alexander Georgiev were protected. Um... Boy, I got my I got my eye on Anthony D'Angelo. I'll tell you that. Oh uh, wow! I'm sure he's going to be. Oh yeah, the people of Seattle will love him. They're 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 well known to be Trumpies out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They're not, by the way. But um, yeah. Wow, not a lot to love at uh, at New York. It's is an easy one for me. It's 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 Julian Goche. You just roll the dice on him and see. um, You know if if he can be productive for you. Uh, but he's a high pick that I think has a lot to offer. and eh, He becomes something he doesn't, but he's worth the risk. All right, you sold me. Yeah. Yeah, Julian Gauthier. Uh The Ottawa Senators. Uh, now, look. I'll, I'll read you their list. Okay. Okay. Here's their list. They I pre- haven't seen it yet. They so. predicted uh, Drake Batherson, Connor Brown, Logan Brown, Nick Paul, Brady Kachuk. Protected Austin, Logan Brown. Yeah. Austin Watson, Colin White, Thomas Shabbat, Victor Mete, Meet uh, Victor Meet Nikita Zaitsev. Yep, and Philip Gustafson, Gus the Bus. Okay, okay, that's their protected list. Okay, now, how many times do you think Pierre Maguire has called each of these guys since he got to Ottawa? <laughs> just to just no, just just to check up. Find out, you know, maybe like what the name of their childhood stuffed animal was, or you know, maybe where they went to preschool, or what kind of stick they used in junior. What, what, how many times? Good day, good day, Nick Paul. This is Pierre McGuire giving you a call. Yeah, hi Pierre. How's it going? Just call to see how you doing, bud. Everything good today or what? Yeah, it's it's all good. Are you still uh, friends with uh, your teammate there, Lucas Krychek from fucking uh, you know Czech Republic? Yep, yep. We're still we're still friends there for sure. 
Oh my god, just making sure everything's good there, but alright, see you later. Every day. Every day. Nick Paul's gonna get that phone call. Um, I don't know if he knows Lucas Krychek either. Um, Pierre McGuire. Pierre. In, in and out of law as the head of player relations, personnel, association, contacting, uh, making sure no one's angry because they play for Eugene Melnick. Is, I, I assume that's how the, the role works. But. Can't wait till he's back on TV in a few years, too. Just like, I remember my time working for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. What Eugene Melnick? Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? There was a young kid, Vitaly Ibrabov. Yeah, he's I, gone now. I told him to draft them, and they wouldn't. And he hasn't reached <laughs> Division Three in Sweden yet, but he's going right. to be great. Um, Pierre McGuire, back in the NHL front office. What do you think? Oh, right. Yeah, actually, shit. Um, what do I think? I don't... I, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's not not funny. It's funny. I don't think it's as horrible as people think it is. Like, his job is essentially just going to be making phone calls and talking to people that he already knows. And he's very good at that. Like, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, and I'm obviously a little cloudy because of this, but, like, I met Pierre Maguire when I was, like, 16. And we we were, like, inching away from him after a while. Like, it's the only time I've ever met someone famous where I'm like, all right, like, we gotta go. Like, we got shit to do kind of thing. The game's about to start... Literally, the only reason our conversation ended was because Bob McKenzie leaned over to Pierre McGuire and was like, uh, Pierre, like, we're going on the air in, like, 30 seconds. And he's like, oh, I gotta go, bud. All right, nice to meet you. He gives me a hug. Like, this guy loves to talk, and this job is just gonna be talking. So it's, I don't know. Like, it's it's not, it's not my choice, but it's not the worst. Whatever. Sorry, like, sorry. So you, you've... You've had a close personal relationship with Pierre Maguire this whole time, and didn't invite him to the podcast. We we talked for it was at least five minutes. That's longer than some of my friends. It was so close I, to I ten minutes. To yeah, like a while. Like he knows. <laughs> Put it this way: if I'm ever, uh, if there's ever a context for him to talk about me on a hockey broadcast, he knows what midget team I played for. Like all that shit. He asked me that shit. He knows, man. <laughs> like, it was, it was cool, actually. I fucking loved it. And he sent me, because back in the day, too, he doesn't use it anymore. But back then, he used to call people monsters a lot. I don't know, I'm sure you remember, but like maybe our younger listeners don't. And he signed an autograph for me uh, to Tyler. Uh, you are a monster, or something like that. I don't know where it is, but it's uh, it's around here somewhere. I loved it. Though. Monster. He, I Man, he's a nice dude. Whatever. Right on. No, that's good. So who do you think he doesn't want sales to take? Who, <laughs> who, who will then inevitably take them? Hmm. I feel like there was a name that jumped off the page to me, but I'm not finding it now. Who would you take? It's a tough call. Um, I think Dadnov's got some intrigue. I like but Dadnov. It's it's a lot of money for a 32 year old. Chris Tierney. Two more years? Uh, is it two? Yeah, two more years. You know what? I hate to say it, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the easy easy way out on this one, which I did with Buffalo, too. I, I would probably just take Joey Decord. Hmm. 24-year-old goalie. Yeah, yeah. Signed for a couple years at league minimum. Yeah. Good personality. No, that's fair. Fuck it. You know? I, yeah. Joey Decord. Fuck it. Whatever. I'm going to go uh, Chris Tierney. Okay. Yeah. Is he Throw signed? 
Yeah. Oh, one more year. Yeah. I don't hate that. The Philadelphia Flyers and the newly acquired, uh, you know, Ryan Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a few guys that they had to think about for sure. And one of them that they protected was Nicholas Obekubel, mm-hmm. who I'm told plays hockey. Uh, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom, all protected. I'm glad they kept the, 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 the cancer kit. You know, that, that's good. That's a good look. One of the only good players they have. So uh, Ryan Ellis is probably their second best defenseman, so they did protect him. Travis Sanheim. You I think Ellis is their second best defenseman? Probably. Who's their best? Oh, even I think Provorov. Oh, boy. Yeah, Ryan Ellis not that good. What, what's 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 the like back there? Not not a lot. Those underlying numbers are very good. Sure. When he, let's see what he gets when he plays more than ten games a year. Oh come on. Uh, I don't. I also don't think Provorov's great. That was part of the other reason why I was like thrown off. He's not. Well, what what do you do here? Oh. Uh, well, Robert Haig is not looking too too bad right Bobby now. Bobby Haig, because eh? I'm the not Hagman. I'm not touching Voracek, and I'm not touching Van Riemsdyk, and those are the only two forwards available. So it's down to Gostas Bear, who I I don't really want to get involved with, Justin Braun at 34 or Bobby Haig's. So going Bobby Haig's, I think. Okay. I think this was the last team that I was taking a big risk with. Uh, no. No, what, what did I think I was going to do here? It wasn't JVR. I thought about JVR, though. I don't hate JVR. I think he's still useful. But you watch JVR play as much as I have. He's another one... He doesn't sweep if Seattle. He's, if he's not scoring, though... Yeah. He doesn't do a ton. No. He's sort of like... He's like the anti-Jeff Skinner in a way, where it's just like... All he does is score, but at least he does it consistently. He always scores, yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah. there's that. Um, but do you need to buy, you know, a guy to tip 20, 25 pucks in the net for $7 million? Like, uh, do you? Probably I don't know. Um, Vegas didn't. I... Yeah, I'm not... I really don't like Robert Hag at all. Uh, I would probably go... Wow, that's crazy. Samuel Morin's technically a forward now. I'd probably just go uh, German Rubzov and, and leave it there. Hermann Rubzov and, and whatever. Again, doesn't qualify according to Cap Friendly. Alright, well, if There's I'm wrong... five guys available. If I'm so. wrong, I'll go David Kasha. No, no. Alright, well, I'm trusting it. It doesn't... Put it this way. It doesn't matter. It's Borchick, it's, it's <laughs> Van Riemsdyk, Gosses, Bear, Braun, or Haig, according to Cap Friendly. Not a great list. Like if I hadn't gone Johansson, I'd go, I'd go for a checker JBR. Sure, but you did. I'm fine with my Johansson pick. So okay, yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Hockey Penguins. Flower. Um. Did they protect Flower? Who, who did they protect? I don't think they protected Flower. They, they they had the chance last time. They didn't. I don't think they could this time. Uh, Teddy Bluger. <laughs> That'd be great. Team submits a list of like a guy from another <laughs> yeah. team. You know he doesn't play for you, eh? Ah, well, 
figured maybe you would make it work clerically, you know, but... Teddy Bluger, uh, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Kasperi Kapanen, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Brian DeMullen, Chris Letang, and Mike Matheson, Tristan Yari. Oh, Pittsburgh. Um, wow. What... Cody Ceci's available, my guy. You want Cody Ceci? No. Probably not. Um, I remember looking at these lists very quickly. Okay. And I was shocked. Probably more than any other player. And I'm not saying he's the best player. But I was shocked they didn't protect Brandon Tanev. And I don't... I'm not saying that that deal's going to age well because I didn't like it at the time, but like, he's been worth well over $3 million for them since he got there. Like, he he is like making that contract look like a steal since he's been there. And it looked like it was going to be one of the fucking worst deals in the league. Uh, I, I would have protected him over Teddy Bluger every day of the week, for sure. Um, but that's fine. Uh, who would I take... You know, yeah, I'd probably take Brandon Tanev, to mm. be honest with you. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, uh, no, you know what? You have you have to take Marcus Patterson. You have to. You just have to. He's just he's a top four defenseman. I don't know why they don't protect him either. Like that that was another one. Like Mike Matheson. Like what the fuck? Like what is the fucking deal with Mike Matheson? Fucking this guy like he's maybe the one of the worst players to ever make a lot of money and play consistently in the league I've ever seen. What the fuck is the deal with this guy? Yeah, it's it's Pedersen for myself as well. I think there's a lot to like there. Pedersen's great. Uh, it's a reasonable cap hit for a guy that's signed for a few more years. And um, yeah, I need some defensemen anyway. So let, let's let's do it. Uh, the San Jose Sharks went out and acquired uh, Aiden Hill um, from the oh, Arizona they, Coyotes. Now they have one goalie. Yeah, well, it's better than no goalies. Yeah. Uh, they got him That's in a seventh true. round pick for Joseph Corner, and a second round pick. Now here's here's a fun little thing. Yeah, the day that they signed Joseph Corner to an extension. <laughs> uh, did you see? Did they, you see um, hockey images that precede? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> guys tweeted that out. <laughs> they, they, they tweeted out that this goalie's not going oh anywhere. Oh my god, I died Only for two hours later. I lost it, man. That was so good. That was one of their best tweets they've ever done. That was fucking awesome. Um, that being said, uh, they did protect Aiden Hill as their goaltender, along with uh, forwards Rudolph's Balsers, Logan Couture, Jonathan Dahlin, Thomas Hurdle, Andrew Kane, Kevin LeBang, Timo Meyer. Pretty standard. <laughs> Defenseman Brent Burns, <laughs> Eric Carlson, and Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, there was so, only other. There's only one other defenseman that was even available. So, if if you're saying that oh you God, didn't want to protect Simic over those three guys, he's maybe. their best defenseman for fuck's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. He's not great either, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Like, here here's the thing. Like, I, I'll defend. I'll defend Doug Wilson here slightly, in that. If you still think you're a contender, you may as well fucking commit to the bit. So yeah, protect the guys that you seem to think are still your best players and that maybe they're 
all simultaneously going to bounce back. Um, like, Carlson was fine this year. He wasn't bad. But, like, the other two... Vlasic's terrible now, and Burns is not amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if you still think you're a good team, whatever. Yeah, protect protect those fucking guys. Like, I, I get that. But this was an opportunity... Like, I, I... Again, shocked. Another name that came to mind. I had... I figured there was no way in hell Evander Kane was on this list. They're talking about terminating the dude's fucking contract. and they, But they protected him. Like, what? Yeah, but... That's I, a weird one. I, that was more to do with, like, helping him up as a guy, I, I thought. Terminating the contract because he was... I think it was a bit of both. He was going to lose money because he owed money or, to the IRS. It seemed like a bit of both to me. Because he's not he, a bad he hockey player. Like, he still played. Yeah, well, no, it, and it, no, it's it's not an argument. It's just more so like at that cap hit, I have no idea what the hell this guy's gonna do at any given minute. So I would rather just get him the fuck out of here if you can. Yeah, you know. But yeah, if they if they've got a big commitment to the kid too, I I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, Simic or Malash for me is who I take. Uh, I'm gonna take the guy that's 363 days younger than me. Um, and that's uh, Matthew Nieto. This is one of those moments I wish we were on video. Like, I'm just sitting here shaking my head like, what? Uh, Matthew Nieto for me. Yeah. Really good kid. No, 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 yeah, not about your pick. Good pick. Yeah. League Weird minimum comment. for a couple more years. Came over from Colorado where he had some flashes. Bad year in San Jose. Bad team in San Jose. So, division rival right off the bat. I want to I screw these guys over. And uh, I'm the Kraken. <laughs> I gotta hurt the Sharks. You know, that's my water nemesis. Set the tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like Nieto. That's, that's yeah, a good pick, I too. I think it's fine. No, that's... that's I'm that's, certainly not gonna I'm help him out that. by taking, like, Martin Jones or something. That would be... Oh, Jesus ridiculous. Christ, no. Vesna candidate Martin Jones. No, if you're gonna get an overpaid goalie, get one that actually, like, went to the fucking conference final there or hasn't been bad in the last year, like there Bishop or something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Simic or Marlash for me. Uh, the St. Louis Blues. Cool. Um, they have protected Ivan Barbashev, Jordan Kairou, Ryan Riley, David Perron, Braden Shen, Oscar Sundquist, Robert Thomas, Justin Folk, Tori Krug, Colt Braco, and Jordan Winnington. Um, tell me that taking Vladimir Tarasenko doesn't make sense. Oh, I take him. That's okay. my that's my last big okay. big money player. I th- I think anyway. Um. Take the risk. Yeah, he's a guy who might who might score forty goals for you and be a legitimate superstar. Is he going? Do I think he's going to? Not necessarily. We had this conversation last week, right? Like, where do I think he's at? I think he's late later years, Rick Nash, where like he might score some goals, but you're not really going to notice him on the ice. Like he's 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 if James Van Riemsdyk scored forty goals, he's going to be that. He's going to be slow and and you know shitty probably, but like he's going to score a lot. So I I take the risk for sure. There's a lot of conversation that he's a he's not a great teammate. That has not really come out much until the last few months. I don't think like there might have been a bit of that when he was younger. I don't know. I've never heard anything fucked up about him or anything like that. So I, I take him. Fuck it. Yeah, he's do, awesome. Do you think Vince Dunn gets a long look? That that's the pick if it's not Tarasenko. Anyway. Yeah. Like I I understand if Seattle talks their way out of Tarasenko again. He's played 34 games in the last two years. So if, if you don't want him, I don't disagree with you. I, I just... Well, I do disagree, I guess, but, like, I understand. 
There's a lot to like in, in, in Dunn, I think. But Dunn's a good player. Yeah. Good player. I've already got eight defensemen. I, I think this was... Like, there were some teams where I think they left a guy out there to try to deter you away from another guy that they wouldn't have been able to protect regardless. And St. Louis, to me, is kind of like, well, if we lose Tarasenko, we don't value him that high at this point anyway. So let's leave him out there, and maybe they take him instead of Dunn. Right. You know? I think there were a few teams that did that, where it's just like... Like, Montreal's another one, where it just... felt like they left a lot of guys out there they didn't need to... To maybe just be like, well, yeah, if they if they take that cap, you know, that's fine. But, you know. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, this is a really interesting one for a couple of reasons. Uh, obviously, they're the defending Stanley Cup champion two times over. They famously have some cap problems. And. Really? They've got a lot of good hockey players. It doesn't seem like a problem to me. Uh, available. And as a result, they decided to be the second team thus far on our list that did not protect seven forwards and three defensemen. They went four and four, and they protected Anthony Sorelli, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev, and Andre Vasilevsky. Now, here's here's my thinking if I'm Ron Francis, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's a team that's just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. I watched Vegas a few years ago come out of the expansion draft, go to the finals, Mm -hmm. only to lose. Okay? If I'm going to the finals, or if that's my goal, right, as, as I think it should be for Seattle and Ron Francis... What do I need to do? I have to be better than the other teams that I'm, I'm going to be playing. Okay? And if the Tampa Lightning are one of those teams that I might be facing in the finals, mm-hmm. what's the best way to hurt them? Mm-hmm. And the best way to hurt them is not by taking one of their best players available. It's Taking by, Luke Shen. Yep. It, I was thinking the same thing. It's by taking a guy that's going to cost no money, that is not going to get them out of their cap woes and is still going to be an impact player yeah. for me perhaps in a few years yeah no you you and I had the same thought here. which is why I'm taking Cal Foot oh <laughs> well same line of thinking though just different player uh yeah Cal no that's a good pick though I, I like that I think Cal Foot's useful I, I same idea I just I would go Matthew Joseph Yeah, also available. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's wow. Really high on yeah. Matthew Joseph. I, I think he's really good. I don't need a forward, and that's I think where maybe we're differing. But yeah, that's not a bad pick for sure. Matthew Joseph, I like a lot. Do you do you Just see a scenario where Ron Francis maybe goes after one of the big fish though, like Andre Pilat, Andy Gord, hometown see, guy Tyler Johnson? Well, and that's Florida. the thing too, like. You could make the argument you just made the other way around, though, right? Like, are you helping them out of their cap woes? Maybe, but, you know, you're certainly making them worse if you take Pilat or Kalorn or Gore. But they have so, to get rid of the, one of those guys anyway, right? So... They have to get rid of one... A couple. They, they, are, they might have to get rid of two of them. And so... Teams are going to pay what Yanni Gord is worth in a trade. They're not going to offer a fifth round pick. Like, 
we learned it last year with Nathan Schmidt, right? Where it's just like, I guess so. You know, you could have helped Vegas out of that kind of thing, but like, you know, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like the the difference for me, is I'm that, huge is that on those other guys too. By the way, the, like the, I I think Yanni Gordon is unbelievable. Sure. The difference for me is that Vegas wasn't coming off back to back cups. So, but but for Tampa though, like, yeah, I I don't know. You're you're right. Like, you take Joseph, and are you taking foot or are you taking Joseph? I'm taking foot. If you take Joseph, Joseph is the guy that would move into Kalorn's spot or sure. move into you know what I mean. Like he's the guy. So now they have to get. They still have to get rid of that fucking guy, and they don't have. The next replacement, and now what? I mean, I'm sure whatever dude they're growing on a, growing in a lab, uh, is just going to step in and be just fine anyway. Uh, Ross like, Colton. yeah. Well, yeah, uh, fucking Taylor Radish. They st- also still have Taylor Radish out there, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, but yeah. I don't know, like Boris Kachuk. I'm, I'm, they, I'm they got I'm guys taking, out there. I'm taking Kelfoot, but then I'm immediately sending a uh, chain email. To the uh, 31 other GMs being like, nobody do shit until the season starts, and then make your trades with Tampa. Like, really penalize these guys and make them come to you, type of deal. But yeah. you're right. The Nate Schmidt thing obviously is a factor. I'm taking Matthew Joseph based on the way I built my team, but I am certainly more than supportive of Ron Francis if he takes Gord Pilotter or. Kalorn. Sure. Uh, probably in that order, but even still, like, I, Kalorn's awesome, so if he takes Kalorn, that's fine. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they went out and acquired uh, Jared McCann from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Philip Hallander and a seventh round pick. Oh, we didn't talk about Pat Maroon breaking the cup. No, we didn't. Were you upset? <laughs> Why would I be upset? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There were like a small amount of people that were so mad that just like don't seem to realize this cup is just a thing, man. Like this is just a this is this is the same as dropping a laptop. Like who gives a shit? Like or a water bottle? Who cares? This is just a thing. It's it represents a lot of stuff, but who fucking cares? Like, do you know how much shit has been done on trophy over the years? That trophy's been dropped into the bottom of a swimming pool. The Oilers left it in a strip club, for fuck's sakes. This trophy has been pissed and shit on millions of times, literally. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> It'll be fine. And then the next day, Phil Pritchard's like, Oh, look, the cup's fine. And it's like, yeah, well, exactly. Because you fix a trophy. Like, that's how that works. It's metal. Or whatever it is. You know what I learned a lot um, about hockey fans sure. when, when this happened? <laughs> They don't understand that the Stanley Cup that the Tampa Bay Lightning were just partying with is not the real Stanley Cup. That's right. Like, That's I right. don't know, like, I don't, like, is that a thing that only I know? Lord, man, Lord Stanley blessed that exact cup. Is you that, can't change the cup, Is man. that privileged knowledge where it's like, everyone else thinks that this, this exact thing was the thing from 120 years ago? Even if it is. Well, no, like, no, no, like, no, 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 no. If, 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 if that's what it is, then I, I agree. 
Maybe don't give it to 30 drunk dudes on but a But that's boat. the thing. Like, there, you wouldn't get a parade. You wouldn't get a day with the cop. They would have some fucking dude arming it. But, like, they give it to these guys because it's like, yeah, it's just a trophy. Whatever. I don't know. Like, I, I want to win it. But, like, I also don't think it's this sacred thing that's above punishment or something. Like, shit happens, man. I don't know. Who cares? I thought it was so funny, too, that, like, Pat Maroon was the guy in the picture holding it at first and everyone's like, ah, he probably just took it away from whoever dropped it, right? And then Pat Maroon the next day, oh yeah, I broke the cup for sure. Oh, fuck. Okay. Sorry, bro. I, I think it's a... I definitely fall in some sort of weird category where, like, I do think that the Stanley Cup is a more valued trophy than other sports leagues because for the simple fact that Every year, there's a different commissioner's trophy for football, right? It's it's a different trophy. It's a different piece. Oh, yeah. It's a different object every year, right? And that thing, there's a reason why that thing's smaller. It's because uh, it's going to get tossed around because they're football players. Well, whatever. I, I, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care what the reasoning is. They make a new one every year. It, it, there's, no, there's no value to that. If, if you've got something that you make a new one of every year, the value of said thing de- decreases by default. Yeah. Right? That's how that's how inflation works, right? With money and shit. Um, baseball, same idea. The Commissioner's Trophy, different every year. Uh, basketball, I believe it's the same idea. New trophy every year. The Stanley Cup is that one weird trophy where they don't do that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's a little bit more value in the idea of respecting it and there is something special about that trophy that you can pick it up and say that... Certainly, but, like, I'm not disputing that necessarily. What I'm saying is is that everyone treated it like Pat Maroon put it. uh, Like, those things that turn cars into a cube. They made it seem like that's what he did and turned it into a cube. He he dropped it. Well, no, he didn't. Let's let's be honest here. That cup's been dropped before, probably every year it's won. That was not dropped. That what did he do? Beat it in with a fucking bat or something? Someone did something to that trophy. Something mm-hmm. happened. That that is you know you know how much that fucking trophy weighs? You drop that holding it, it's not gonna dent. The top of that cup It's not gonna that dent. That top of that cup weighs a pound, maybe. Of course it's gonna dent. The new one? Now I'm not talking the one that Lord Stanley donated in eighteen eighty. Yeah. I'm talking about the current one. The you, trophy weighs thirty five pounds. Yeah. So how much do you think that that top bowl weighs? The hollow trophy? Uh, well, probably like 10 pounds. I can't see that. Yeah. It's all in the base. No. Sure it is. It's hollow. That's that's awesome. That's a fun conversation. <laughs> Actually, what does the Stanley Cup feel They're like? They're hollow rings. You ever seen them put a new ring on? No, I know that. Yeah. So it's... The rings weigh a lot. Of course they do. I, I guess. I, I, th- I think that bowl, it doesn't matter. If you drop it, all I'm saying is it's just a small thing. If you drop it, it's going to dent. I think so. I guess. Uh, you drop it off a fucking boat onto another boat and someone doesn't catch it, it's going to dent. Maybe. And I don't think the rings are going to dent nearly as quick as that top bowl does. I, I guess. I, I watched a 230-pound <laughs> man. It's my favorite like, debate we've ever had, actually. Stand up on top of it and take a... Uh, a keg stand off of yeah. it, and that should have dented it if, if that's the same 
pound per pressure that we're talking about dropping it, right? Like, you're not enforcing no, 230 that, pounds that's, that's of pressure by dropping me. it. Yeah, I, th I think no, I think that is different. Dropping it from rather than someone just leaning on it like that. It should have bent outwards then, right? Hmm. I don't know, buddy. I think it's stronger than you think. I think it got caught between a boat well, whatever. and the deck. Yeah, Pat Maroon was trying to practice hitting dingers with the cup. Good for him. He won the Stanley Cup. He can do whatever he wants. I hope he beat the shit out of that top of that cup. Who cares? And that's just it. I can give a shit what happened to him. He won the cup. I, Fucking man. I, I think something detrimental happened. <laughs> is what I'm saying. But I don't give a shit. I love this. <laughs> I don't, this is, I don't this care. This is the most hockey conversation <laughs> ever. How do you think the cup got bent? Well, what are you thinking ways? I don't know. Who fucking cares? It's a it's a piece of fucking metal that weighs 35 pounds. Who gives a shit? Oh, man. My but, point but was... I love it, though. I don't care. It's not the original. Whatever. People need to calm down. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... that. I understand that's a little... I, you're right. Like, it is prestigious, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't upset about it or anything, but... Uh, this is coming from a guy who has gone from not liking Patrick Maroon to, like, being one of his biggest fans in the last few years. I think that guy's fucking cool. Pretty cool so, guy. He's awesome. First guy since the Islanders uh, dynasty to win three in a row. He's a lot of fun. Pretty cool. Love that guy. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, Jared McCann got acquired to the uh, Maple Leafs for a seventh-round pick and Philip Hallander. Yeah, he had a great run in Toronto. Um... And then the Leafs put out their protected list because they only have, like, four guys worth protecting to begin with, like, on, on forward, right? So they bring in a fifth guy, and it's like, oh, oh, they're going to go seven and three, right? Because now they have a legit fifth guy worth protecting. Sure. So that makes sense. Uh, instead, they went Mitchell Marner, Austin Matthews, uh, who did combine for one goal in, in the playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, you should Actually, have left had, them out there. Fuck. Uh, William Nylander, John Tavares, who had to be protected because uh, not only is he still hurt from that hit back in the playoffs, but he's got a no-movement clause. Um, TJ Brody... You would have protected him anyway, though, right? Probably not. Cool. $11.5 million for a 31-year-old. Oh, I get it. Like, yeah, it's it's the same. It's the Carey Price argument, right? Like They probably didn't ask him to wave, but I wonder how much that injury had to do with them not asking him to wave. I, I don't agree with you, but yeah... <laughs> He's an older guy that makes a lot of money. Like, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, and another defenseman uh, by the name of Justin Hole. I think I think he's a, a defenseman. Uh, Jack Campbell were the protection players for the Leafs. Let's let's start with the Jared McCann trade because I, I want to get mm -hmm. I want to I want to know. I know how I felt. I want to know how you felt for those glorious like twelve hours. Between okay. acquiring Jared McCann and then finding out that, yeah, we're probably just going to lose him anyway. What was that like? What was the Jared McCann era for for you as a Leaf fan like? So, I almost feel like I come down on opposite sides of both of this, like both parts of this argument. Like, in the, how did I feel about the trade versus how do I feel about him not being protected? Um, I wasn't... I wasn't overwhelmed by the trade. I think they got a, a decent player for fairly cheap. Um, do I think Jared McCann is as good as people seem to think he is? No. But uh, he's definitely fine. Like, he's, he's, he's better than Alex Kerfoot, but not by a ton for me. Uh, doesn't... 
doesn't really move the needle for me when I watch him. So I was, I was, I thought it was a weird trade. Um, weird how though, because like they didn't give up a lot for him. No, but they're not getting much either. Like it's like it's well, one of those things again, where at the pe- time people are like, "Wow, to get that for a top six forward." I'm like, "He ain't a top six forward." Like he, he I don't think he is one. But okay, um, but again, at the time, we assumed we were getting him for what we got him for, right? Like, yeah, they gave up peanuts. No, and that, for that, a guy that could be you don't a top you don't miss forward. those things. And so to to me, like at absolute worst, it's a it's a fine trade. Like it's yeah, you got to player for a guy who might not be a guy and nothing, essentially. So I was fine with that, but it like a lot of people were like, wow, fucking Kyle Dubas constantly, and it's like yeah, I get, like, I don't know, this is just a trait. This is just a trait. It's nothing to get super fucking excited about. To not protect him though I'm flabbergasted. Like, like I, I am I, I don't have words I'm done. I don't have words. Like, like, what? You still gave up an asset to get this guy 12 hours ago. And if your thought is you're going to leave him exposed because you hope they take him so that way you can keep Kerfoot, you're fucking galaxy braining this beyond, beyond belief. You don't need to worry that much about Alex fucking Kerfoot. If this was your side deal without making the side deal, it's worse than making the side deal to me. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't... I, I don't get it. The only positive for me is it probably means that Travis Dermott is going to stay in Toronto. So, I'll take that, but... I don't know. Very, very bizarre. Uh, I, I like the McCann trade for two reasons. One, like, he had a really good season with Pittsburgh. Like, let's... let's I mean, he, had a, he had a good... Sorry, I, I and I caught myself when I said it. When I said I don't think he's a top six forward, I don't think he drives play as a top six forward. I think he can play in the top six for sure, okay. though. Like, he's yeah. solid, but he's not, you know... 32 he's not a second-line center on his own. 32 and 43 for the Penguins. Is he a center? Like, everything I read says he's a left-winger, but... Mostly wing now. Okay. Yeah. The other reason I like the trade is from, he's from Stratford, Ontario, so Justin Bieber finally has someone that he went to high school with All right. that you know could, what? you know... Relate to that's a good point. Yeah, let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Anything that makes the Beebs happy, I'm yeah. in. Yeah, love the Beebs. Um, two thoughts on him not being protected. One, um, if if they brought Jared McCann in to replace Alex Kerfoot because they knew Ron Francis wanted Alex Kerfoot because Ron Haxtell was the coach and Ron Haxtell wanted yeah. Alex Kerfoot, I'm fine. Thought with about that, that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. If they brought in Jared McCann because they knew that Ron Haxtell wanted Justin Hull... Ron Haxtell. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever his name is. and The other Haxtell. Yeah. And and they were high on Hull, but they knew that protecting Hull would cost them Kerfoot, but they could get McCann. I'm fine with that. If they brought McCann in without any sort of indication that Kerfoot was going, or that Hull was going, or anything along those lines, and they lose him, it, it, it's really confusing. Because Kerfoot, like you mentioned, is not worth going out of your way to protect. No. Right? Um, I don't know 
where Pittsburgh had him on on their list, but to me, everything here says that you could have made that trade after the expansion, you know, draft and brought McCann in and had him in addition to. No, there's another know, angle here for sure. Yeah, you're you're right. I I have to assume there is because if we're just going to sit here and 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 wake up on Wednesday and find out that. Seattle took Jared McCann because he's the best Leaf player available. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Or they wake up and they take Travis Dermott and we're all confused. But Haxtell didn't like Dermott to begin with, so I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it wow. was a weird. It was a weird trade in the sense that they didn't protect him. I guess. Yeah. I, it, like, like I said, it might be a front a front door side deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's instead of just doing it backdoor and being, like, at the draft, here's a trade, you know, and this is why we made it. It, it, it may be one of those situations where it's just like, well, we're not even going to talk to Seattle about this. We're just going to fucking put this player out there and be like, take him, and then we're going to keep our guys. But your guys have not done a lot, so I'm, I'm ready to see some new guys. Uh, so, like, I kind of, you know, I kind of want some of these guys to fucking leave. Like, I'm... Sick of watching Kerfoot and Hall at this point. I'm done with them. Like I don't. I don't care. So um, I'm certainly done with Hall. It's it, it, it's more. It, that's more my emotion talking, right? Like it, yeah. Put it this way. Like I I think Hall is better than people give him credit for. However, he doesn't do anything that Travis Dermott doesn't already do. Like Travis Dermott can. Travis Dermott can. You know. Skate yeah. and stay with a guy for a hundred foot feet and shut him down like that and yeah. read where he's going. Like he can do that. He just he only played ten minutes a night this season. So what the fuck do you want him to do? I'm you know I'm more with upset. Bogosian too. Like he kind of had to play a different role. Sure, with Bogosian. So I'm more upset with the fact the Leafs went four and four for the simple fact that well, me too. Like you're protecting you're protecting Hole. Okay, yeah. you've you've got Riley Brody and Muzzin. If, if if we all agree that they're just not trading Morgan Riley, then whatever. I can't yep. control that. Yeah, then no, then absolutely you protect him. Okay? Yep. And you protect Muzzin, he's your best defenseman, and you protect Brody because you just signed the guy, he had a fantastic Well, season. I was going to say, I think he's their best defenseman sure. too, right? Like, they're, but they're so both good. One, one, two, three. Sure. Yeah. No matter how you slice it, three guys or four guys, those three are making the list, right? Beyond that, you've got Hole and Dermot, who I find are very similar. They bring a lot of similar things to the table. They do and they don't. It's interesting. They're an interesting, it's an interesting comparison. Dermot's a little younger. Um, he didn't have to have the late career renaissance that Hall did. But regardless, pick one. I don't care. Pick one. My thing is, is that aside from the brief injury that he sustained early in the season, Rasmus Sandin was kept out of the lineup last year for one reason and one reason only and you will never convince me otherwise of this, and that is because they didn't want to lose him in the expansion draft. So Rasmus Sandin, starting Wednesday, is a part of your top four defense core. So all this says to me is that the Toronto Maple Leafs went out and they protected their top three defensemen and a third pair guy who's making $2 million a year. Which is like unacceptable, as far as I'm concerned. It's unacceptable. Show me another team on this list that 
isn't the Buffalo Sabres that protected a third pair defenseman for the expansion draft. You you can't find one. I've I've looked a few times. It, it doesn't exist. And that's what the Leafs just did, because you're either going to put Rasmus Sandin in a position to succeed next season, or you're going to put him on the third pair when there's a good chance he's one of your best three defensemen. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. Don't know. Don't get it. Nope. Um, first first move I would say that Kyle Dubas has ever made where I'm really starting to wonder now. I'm not wondering because I want to wait till Wednesday. I'm not going to judge him until I see the answer. No, like... I, there's got to be something else to it, but but always yeah. when he makes something, when he makes a move that I'm not sure about normally, there's an explanation immediately after. Not even directly from him, but there's just like something where it's like, oh, okay, I hadn't considered that maybe, and like this time around, it was this, like, this is the one time I thought about it. There isn't one. This is the one time where you won't get that answer till Wednesday though, because they are withholding well, all those backdoor deals, and, and that's my thing. Is just so, like. I, I, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would rather have Philip Hollander than fucking Kerfoot at this point. Like, I'd rather well, have no, the prospect yeah, no, okay. to me. Like, I yeah. just, I don't get. I don't get, I don't get that one, but sure. But, it, well, but that's what it would end up being, is Hollander for Kerfoot in a way, right? Like, but that's, that's a logical fallacy at that point. Like, the asset is no longer Hollander. It doesn't exist anymore. Like, that's not an option. It's Kerfoot at this point, right? Like, that's... Those are options. Well, no, it's it's Hollander or Kerfoot. Like, you make this deal... Like, McCann is gone. McCann... They're taking McCann. So... Well, I, I think you the make this You make this deal... Okay, if they take Kerfoot, they're out of their fucking mind. But, uh... Yeah, like, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But, like, to me, that's why I'm saying I think this is your front door deal, is you... Are willing to trade Philip Hollander to per, to essentially inadvertently protect Kerfoot, I think is what he's done here, and to me that is a that is a mistake. Or or even you're willing to trade Philip Hollander to protect Justin Hall, even if you want to look at it that way. I look at it and as... I don't I don't I don't like I don't watch this kid play, but like everything I've read about Hollander, it just yeah. seems like he's he's going to be an NHL player. So it just seems like a weird move to me. I, I think the trade is more that the Leafs are going to... You're going to wake up Wednesday morning and find out that the Leafs sent a second-round pick next year to Seattle for them to pick Alex Kerfoot so that they don't pick Travis Dermott. Maybe. Right? And I think that's where we're going to find... I, I, that, no, I hear you there. Because you're right. Like I, I think it, that it makes no sense I, right I, now. I have to. This is where I come down on it. And I like the McCann deal came down at the eleventh hour. That trade freeze came into effect at three o'clock. We found out at four o'clock that there's a McCann deal. Mm-hmm. So I have to believe that Kyle Lewis made a trade at noon with Seattle mm-hmm. before McCann was even a part of the roster. I hope so. But because as much as I'm telling you, I like uh, you know I didn't exactly sell it. Yeah. But like I'm excited to have Jared McCann. Yeah, I'd rather have him than Alex Kerfoot. And I've, I I've watched them both play yeah. a lot. They're not comparable. He is a lot better than Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, like I also think Alex Kerfoot can play in a top six and contribute, but I think McCann has more to bring than Kerfoot does. I don't think I know that. I've watched them both for sure. He does. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just 
I like Kerfoot. Like, I shouldn't... I'm not... I'm making it sound like I want him gone, but, like... He, he doesn't do enough for me at this point where... Like, I need I need some answers. I need some blood with this team, to be honest with you. Sure. I, I, I The more I think about this team from last year, the more I'm getting upset about it. And... Uh, I, I don't know. Like, even just like, the players they leave available, like, like, I would almost rather have some of these guys on the fucking protected list that are forwards than Justin Hall. Like, it's just... Even taking McCann and Kerfoot out of fucking consideration. Like, I would rather... I would rather go 7-3... You protect Mechanic Kerfoot, and uh, you don't have to protect Spezza because everyone knows he's going to retire anyway. So, <laughs> you know, fucking protect Joey Anderson or Adam Brooks. Because they s- seem like they're going to be an important part of our bottom six moving forward. So protect one of them, even then. Over Justin Hall, because Both guys Justin Hall is games, replaceable. But, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, regardless. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like again, it's one of those things where I Maybe think every, every fan base is going to freak out because four guys on the list. At the end of the day, they might take one, unless you're Florida and you're stupid enough to make a backdoor deal. Where you oh, for for sure, and that, and that's but, the whole thing, right? Like you leave a couple guys out there, and no matter what, you're still going to keep one of them. But yeah, you know, I I you're you're right. Like the Hackstool thing is the only reason why. They maybe take Kerfoot, but I don't. Yeah, I like it, it, it's it's just it's easy for me to say because if I'm in that position, it's not a question for me. I take McCann. It's not even a conversation. Sure, but you know, unless you want a defenseman, you want Dermot. I like Dermot too. I'm, I'm taking Dermot on my list, honestly. Okay, but I take McCann easily. All right, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, three teams mm. to go here. Uh, Vancouver, they went out, they made a trade as well. They picked up uh, Jason Dickinson from the Dallas Stars in exchange for a third-round pick. Uh, Jason Dickinson, well, fine, I guess, you know? Yeah. Not the not worst. Everything, not everything needs to have a comment, I guess. Yeah, not, not the best, <laughs> not the worst. But uh, they put him on their protection list, so that shows where they were at as a team He's prior fine. to that. Yeah. Like, look, put it this way. I would rather the Canucks trade for Jason Dickinson's Instead of signing J.B. Eagles and Anton Roussels. There it is. So this is one of the better moves they've made in recent memory, yeah. I guess. But, like, eh, whatever. I don't know. Like, Dickinson's... He's fine. He's a good guy. We like Dickinson, right? Like, he was the... He was the fourth guy on the... With the kneel down there in the in the bubble yeah. last year. Yeah. So, like, yeah. we, we like Jason Dickinson. I'm good rooting guy. for him. Good dude. For sure. Uh, and joining and him... The Canucks could use some more some good, good dudes. Because, like... Tyler Mott seems like he's just kind of by himself. Like, well, we had the Jake Fortana situation. Yeah. We had the Brandon Leipzig situation. Uh, no, 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 you not, know, not they're... So we, we, want, we want more positivity around Tyler Mott, I think. You know, we, we want that shit. Uh, joining Dickinson is Mott, as well as Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Tanner Pearson, Elias Pedersen, and on defense, Tyler Myers, Nate Schmidt, and Oli Ulevi, who is a, a bit of a late bloomer to the game, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Me too. Uh, Thatcher, Demko, and Nett. A lot of a lot of money to be had if you're if you're looking to fill the the, <laughs> the, the minimum cap hit for, uh, for Seattle. I but, am I am not, but <laughs> but thank you for the offer. I've got just less than twenty million dollars to spend, so I'll, three teams to go. I'm not necessarily looking for. A big cap hit. I don't know where I'm at, but I assume but, I have a lot of I have a lot of salary. Yeah. 
but I, I don't know where best to go. I think Madison Bowie's my best bet. Really? But... You, yeah, you think you still think there's something there, right? Eh? Well, it's one of those things where I look at those top guys that are available, and I'm not spending six on Louie. I'm not spending five on Brandon Sutter. No, but, but I think there are a lot of gems of, like, no money on this list, just the thing, though. Like, I, you know... Um, Zach McEwen on, comes to on, mind. On, so, okay, so we've always we've had this uh, this wedge between us here tonight, where you and I are looking at two different types of lists here. So again, I'm assuming every one that the NHL has put out is actually available because it literally says available in bold, and then there's a bunch of guys' names. Right. But like, who I'm choosing from, like Noah Gad or Jonah Gadjevich, Matthew Highmore, Cole Lind. Uh, Guillaume Brisebois, Jalen Chatfield. I would love to have any of them. Like I, I think the Canucks have not, not, the, and not that they, you know, weren't going to, but like I think they left some good players out here. Like I, I, the, the only I would take Cole in for sure, but um, I'm fine with any of those five. Like I think those are really good options there. The only guy you mentioned that's available to, according to Cap Friendly is uh, Matthew Highmore. Okay. I know for Ooh, a fact Cole Lind is available. So okay. I, I'm thinking my list is maybe more accurate. I don't know for sure. But but there was a, a thing... Um, Sarah Valley, I want to say, tweeted out that Cole Lind was made known that he is not being protected. So he, he is for sure available. I, I don't know why. Like I think Cap Friendly, like when you look at your exempt list, everyone there does seem to be exempt. So I'm thinking everyone that they actually have available there, even but the game requirement, like why put the game requirement? You know what I mean? If they didn't meet it or they did meet it, I don't know. Like maybe you can only take so many guys that didn't meet a certain requirement there. I don't know. That's a weird one. But uh, I know Colin's available. I'm taking. Okay, I'm gonna go Matthew Highmore. Sure, good player. He's available on your list too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like Highmore. Uh, that brings us to the Washington Capitals. The big name, obviously, Alex Ovechkin, not protected, but oh, the Capitals. I assume that has a lot to do with the fact that he doesn't have a contract for next season. So, uh, Nicholas Backstrom, Lars Eller, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, Daniel Sprong, a very surprising addition to the list, and Tom Wilson, uh, along with defenseman John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who was taken by Seattle the last expansion draft, and Ilya Samsonov. So no Ovechkin, but a few Russians taken. Um, I, I, I'm I done with goalies, so I'm not going to look at any of those guys, although there are some interesting... Sure. You know, Vitek Vanacek, I think, is a, a really interesting name at next to league minimum for another year, plus RFA status. Phoenix Copley, even as like a third guy, I, th- I think Seattle might be interested in. Um, I have four goalies, so I'm good. But. Yeah. Um, beyond that, there's some some defensemen available. There's some forwards that I I, I think are intriguing. But uh, what what do you like? Where, where where do you start with Washington? Um, Brendan Dillon. Yeah. Easily <laughs> for me, like he and you know you know what like I think part of it too like Caps fans don't seem to like him. He hasn't been as good in Washington as he was in San Jose, and it's not one of those situations where I think he's that much worse all of a sudden. I think he's still good, 
but maybe it's just not a right fit for him or something like that. I, I don't know, but, like, his underlying numbers are good there, too. It's just, for whatever reason, Caps fans seem to fucking hate this guy. Uh, yeah, uh, take him. He's, he's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league normally. He just hasn't been the last year or two, I guess. But Yeah, I, I, like, I like Dylan. I like Nick Jensen. Um, Jenny boy. I, I don't know if it's in the in you know the realm of possibility to make make it work at this point for my team anyway I, you know Seattle uh, Ron Francis might be all over that uh, analytics darling well I'm gonna say they've spent more than three hours on this topic so yeah I would hope I'm so sure he's kind of figured it up front you know like Carl Hagelin's a guy that doesn't have a high cap hit he's signed for a few more years we do like we do like Hags Hags I think he fits the model anyway that I've been building towards. Yeah. Maybe Seattle feels the same way, but he's just he hasn't been the same player the last couple of years. I will so. say there's something to Haglin. He is the perfect, perfect Dave Haxtell player. Because yeah. he's one of the rare guys in the league that makes that fucking run and run and gun, dump and chase style work. Right. So, I I think personally, who I would take if I'm if I'm Seattle because it just just because it would it would be the funniest thing possible is to take Alexander Ovechkin only for him to sign in Washington again. And so you burn that pick, like, that's fine. But it's the long game on that one, where when he's inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, you have to put a Seattle Kraken logo on there, and you have to make mention that he was a Seattle Kraken at one point. It's like when it's like when the Leafs traded for Milan Hayduk and the trade got voided or whatever the fuck happened there. Like, you know... That kind of shit. I like that stuff. Let's do it. Well, that would be a great theory if that was how it worked. But unfortunately, unless he plays a game for the team, no such logo exists. I will make sure it exists. Okay. I will work right. on that. I'm taking Carl Hagelin because i got some money to spare. Okay. Wow, well, good for you. It must be nice. I'm sitting at $66.6 million going into the Winnipeg Jets, who are the last team... Out of a cap hit of 80, 81 and a half. So I've been real diligent with my, my cap you. spending. I guarantee you I'm around 81 million already. Right. So. <laughs> so it's the benefit of me not keeping track of my team. I'll have to yeah. listen back and figure out. But. That brings us to Winnipeg, who protected Kyle Connor, Andrew Kopp, Pierre Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ehler, Adam Lowry, Mark Scheifele, Blake, Blake Wheeler, Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, Logan Stanley. And Connor Hellebuck, this one's going to be real easy for me. Uh, money to spend, I'm taking Dylan DeMello at $3 million on the back end. Yeah. I don't even have to think about it. Like, it's him or Stastny, and I think, you know, if Paul Stastny wants to come back and play for the Olympic Jets, I think he's going to. If he wants to go elsewhere, he's probably not going to get the contract he wants. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's DeMello for me. I like DeMello. I think he's a good player, for sure. Um, Mason Appleton. Yeah. Slam dunk for me. This is your... uh, Look, I'm not saying he's going to fucking score 43 goals next year or anything, but this is your William Carlson type player where it's like, I think he flies under the radar because he doesn't play enough minutes, but if you give this guy a lot of minutes... Uh, he's really fucking good. Like he he is uh, he's if he to me when I watched the Jets, which I watched every single minute they played this season. 
uh, he's if Zach Hyman were a better skater. He is fucking really good. Uh, so yeah, I, I would take him for sure. And at that 900k cap hit, that's you're laughing on that one. Mm-hmm. So okay, well, um, that's uh, that. I suppose. Um, to recap I, again, I don't think you wrote down your team. I've mentioned many times I did not. <laughs> you can give us your team, though. Yeah. You and I didn't make too many different picks. Really. No. Like we, we, we were the same pick on probably 15. I've got Price, Bitch, uh, Bi- Price Bishop. Ooh, the bitch! Wi- you took the bitch. <laughs> Price, Bishop, Kakinen, Wedgwood, and Net. I've got uh, Mark Giordano, Dylan DeMello, Marcus Pedersen... Uh, Radko Gudis, Trey Stretcher, Dean Kukin, Robert Haig, Travis Dermott, Ilya Labuchkin, Jeremy Lazon, and Cal Foote on defense. And up front, I've got Vladimir Tarasenko, Jonas Donskoy, Chris Tierney, Carl Hagelin, Sonny Milano, Kyle Turris, Matt Nieto, Julian Gauthier, Morgan Geeky, Yakov Chernov, Matthew Highmore, Carl Gunstrom, Michael Dokal, Vinny Hinostorza, Drake Kajula, really banking on some backdoor deals, I, I feel, uh, with that offense. But I like my goaltenders. I like my defense. If we can put the puck in the net, if Vladimir Cherisenko's shoulder is good to go, I, I think we stand a chance. I don't hate your team. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I don't hate it. I like mine better. Uh, however, again, because I didn't write it down, I might be like thirty million over the cap for all I know. So I that's know. yeah, that's true. I feel like I was a lot more, um, you know. But you're under the cap quite a bit. But like I was a I've lot got, more like I'm taking the big guy here. Yeah. Like you know, I've got um, about twelve, thirteen million to spend in free agency. So you don't hate that. Maybe make a splash. You don't <laughs> make a little splash. A little splash. Let me let me let me see if I can round up my team here quick. Yeah, if I can sure. do it by memory, because we were we took three hours to record, so who knows? Right? Can you can you? I don't know. There's no point. I took. I think I took Milano, right? Yeah. I took Lyabushkin. I took. Can you record my team as I go? A little bit? Just just forward defense. We can figure out cap it after. I took Kasha. I took Tokarski. I took Giordano. Am I going too fast? No. I took... Ooh, who did I take from Carolina? I think I took Nita Ryder, right? Yeah. Gee. <laughs> Can I throw him back? <laughs> um, I took Carpenter. What position is he? He's a forward. Uh, man, did I not take enough defensemen? I feel like I didn't take any defensemen. D- Donskoy. I took Domi. Oh boy, this cap hits adding up quick. Dallas, I took... Como. Mm-hmm. I don't like my team. Um, Detroit, eh? I took Stetcher. Edmonton, I took... Where is he? Clefbaum. All right. 
I'm going to be over the cap. Uh, Florida, I took Dreger. Kings, I took Clegg. Clegg is a... Defenseman. Uh, Wild, I took Susie. Canadians, I took Carey Price. Uh, Predators, I took... Johansson. Johansson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the Devils, I took Nathan Bastion. Is a... Forward. Islanders, I took... Uh, Kiefer Bellows was out there, eh? Jesus Christ. I took Josh Bailey, though. Um, wow. Luckily, I'm not working in the cap office there. Julian Gauthier from the Rangers... Ottawa, I took Joey Decord. Flyers, I took German Rubzov. Forward. Uh, Penguins, I took Patterson. Good pick. Sharks, I took Semek. Or Malash. Radic Semek is a defenseman. Simek. Simek. Blues I took Tarasenko <laughs> uh, Lightning I took Matthew Joseph Okay this didn't turn out as bad as I thought McCann From Toronto uh, Cole Lind Brendan Dillon Mason Appleton No I like my team Gotta be over the cap <laughs> Gotta be over the cap. A few of those guys, we're not sure if they're even available. But yeah, um, good teams. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm sure Seattle will be better. <laughs> Only because they'll make backdoor deals where we don't see oh, these oh, things coming. Oh, buddy. Out. Yeah, they're 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 probably getting fucking. Rasmus Sandine or some shit, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they got it all worked out. Probably. So, yeah. Good for them. Go Seattle. Uh, this has been the Laced Up Hockey Podcast expanding our thoughts um, around the game of hockey. Uh, I don't know. Like, are we going to do this again, do you think? What's that? An expansion draft? <laughs> Come on. We got enough teams. There's 32. It's, a, it's too many teams. But. We got too many teams. But. When you're How many teams do we go through where there's guys like, ah, oh, this guy's horrible? So many players in the league. When guys are paying three quarters of a billion dollars for a franchise, do the owners say no? Oh, I'm, I'm not even saying no either. Like, whatever, if they want to throw money at you, but... Yeah. How many eh. teams is too many teams, I guess, is the question. Could you're, you go 40? You're, you're right. Well, no, you could, but, like, are there are there that many... Are, like, are there that many markets... Oh, I think there's that many markets. You think so, yeah? Yeah. It depends on what quality of hockey you want to watch. Is there 40 teams worth of good hockey players to watch? Well, now you're getting to that philosophical debate. Uh, are, are NHL GMs even bringing in the best players yeah. uh, is another thing, too. Well, like, let's just break it down for a second on a strictly, strictly Canadian side of the border type of deal. How many more teams do you think you could add to Canada? If the goal was 40 teams. I'm not saying get there from 32, strictly with Canada, mm-hmm. but how many more? Could you, you, could, you could put one in the GTA. 
Right. Call probably, it Hamilton. Probably, yeah. I've never yeah. been... I've never been to an NA... Or, sorry, a city in Canada that I feel like needs an NHL team. So it's hard for me to speak to. Like, yeah. I've never been to Halifax. Whether they could support one there, I have no idea. I've never been there. Like, you know what I mean? I don't I don't even know roughly what their population is. It's about 300,000. So, so probably not. But maybe. I don't know. They seem to enjoy drinking and going to sports. What, what, there, what so. do you consider being... Um, Supporting a team like selling out the building, it's got to be seventy five percent minimum every night. Okay, minimum. There, there can't be a night where it's sixty five percent full. That can't ever happen. Because you look at like a team, but like, it, it's all up to the owner, right? You look at like the Quebec Remparts, who regularly outsell, yeah, like two thirds of the league attendance wise. Mind you, the prices well, the are rinks rinks big too, right? No, the the rinks, the rinks uh, equivalent to an NHL size arena. That's what I mean. Twenty thousand. No, it's big for a team like that. That's yeah. huge. And the prices are cheaper. So how much does that play a factor? But could you put a team in Quebec City? Well, if people want to go watch hockey, they'll pay an extra thirty dollars to see. And that's kind of where I'm coming see, from, right? You know. Like, can you put a team in Quebec City? Again, I've never been there, but I, I think there's an argument for Halifax, Quebec City. Um, there seems to be an argument for the Prairies. So you could end up with 10, maybe? I think 10's your, your max, for sure. I don't know if there's any other markets in Canada that could Well, there's it. seven now, and you're saying the Prairies, Halifax, and Quebec City? 10. And I would say GTA. Mm, yeah, so maybe 11 there. Yeah. So, right there, you can get yourself to 36. And I think there's there's four more markets in the States available as well. Right? Such as? Well, if, if Arizona... Houston, probably. I was going to say, if Houston uh, doesn't end up acquiring Arizona, then you've got Houston there. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee deserves a shot at an NHL team. They've been... Yeah. Rumored since the 80s to be on the market, right, for a team. Mm-hmm. They're north enough in the in the country where I think hockey's popular. Uh, you get that natural rivalry with the Blackhawks, even even the Wild to some extent. But Yeah. Um, beyond that... Like, I think they've nailed their expansions recently. Like, I think yeah. Vegas needed one, and Seattle, Seattle makes perfect, perfect sense. Seattle's it always perfect. has, right? Yeah. Like, I will be shocked... I, I, I think it's unreasonable for people to expect Vegas level like I don't know if they're going to wow us the same way but sure. they certainly have deserved a team for quite a while I agree yeah. Yeah. yeah beyond that like you could you could look at Kansas City I guess I don't know if that's a realistic that's opportunity that's a city yeah it is really it eh? is in fact still a city I figured they disbanded into four miles, four smaller cities maybe you could you could look there. Now, here's here's a real question for you. Two 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 thoughts okay. as we wrap up the episode. Well, seven thoughts actually. Just one. Do you think Alaska can make a team work? Oh, that'd be cool. No, not at all. But that'd be cool. Okay. Not a lot of people live there. Right? So well, I I don't know the population. I'm just thinking like. 
Okay, I I might be really wrong on this. Okay, <laughs> I feel like there's only a few hundred thousand people that live in that entire state. I want to say state. half a mil. Okay. Wow. Maybe I'm just thinking capital city then kind of thing. I must be. Uh, Seven hundred thirty-one thousand people live in Alaska. So. And yeah, Anchorage. That's what I was thinking. Anchorage has like two fifty. Uh, no. No? Okay. I've never been there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Maybe they could. You're, so asking, you're asking me about, uh, you know, like, there's, there, obviously it's America, but, like, I don't know a lot of people from Alaska, so... Well, there's a lot of hockey players that came from Alaska, right? Are there a lot? I think there's only been a few. Well, there was... But, but hockey's popular. I yeah. get you're under... I get what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Like, it's popular there. I don't know. Like you got to think about that. It's just like it's forty-one games a year, and you got to, you know, basically put eighteen, nineteen thousand people in the rink pretty consistently for a state that only employs seven hundred thirty-one thousand people, and that you know. But it's the same argument with really like go the Green Bay Packers, where it's like we're going to put eighty thousand people in a building where there's twenty thousand in the city. I mean, you got to start somewhere, but I don't. I don't know if you can start. Like the Packers have one of the five largest fan bases in sports, I would imagine, because of the history. Right. But that, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you've got to start somewhere, but I don't. I don't know. I feel like that would probably fade off. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know in 2021 you're going to make a new team and really bring in that many fans unless you absolutely fucking crush the marketing beyond belief. Mm. And I don't know how marketable hockey is at this point yeah. to get that many people. So, I don't know. And question two is, do you look overseas? Do you? I think you have to eventually. I would love to see a team in London. Sure. I think S- that, Stockholm. That would rock. And it would help the sport... Not just to have people there, but it would help the sport in the sense that they're a different type of fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the European hockey sort of has a different feel to it kind of thing. These people get super, you know, excited and animated for these games and stuff like that. And I think that hockey needs a little bit more of that. So, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd be down. I don't, I don't know. London would be good. The only thing you have to think about is just, like, the travel is going to be like people like players bitch about travel as it is so so what you're going to do a nine game home stand and then an eight game road trip and then a nine game home stand just to get around the super long flight well, you know you'd almost have to expand the season and spread out the games a little bit too so well if the pandemic taught us anything is that you could make closed off divisions work and it's, it becomes whether or not you accept that as being... Did they work, though? Well, what didn't work you, this you year? Can, you, can, you can do it, but I think everyone what, was... What, what didn't work this year, I guess, is the question. I think most people were super frustrated watching their team play different or same with the team all the time. And then it incorrectly seeds teams because if you're only playing the same seven, seven teams, all you need to do is find the best way to beat those teams... You're not tested against. Okay, teams but like outside, outside of Montreal, what team 
benefited to the point where it Winnipeg was outrageous. Edmonton. I would disagree. Like, in the playoffs. Um, like, what teams didn't make the playoffs that should have? I'm not saying that, but I, I think... Uh, I mean, it's a hard argument to make because you, again, like, I could, I don't know if St. Louis was a playoff team, but they were this year. You know, if if Arizona gets a few games against the Buffalo Sabres or some shit, like, who the fuck knows is what I'm getting at. So, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think it worked collectively for hockey fans. I don't think anyone was super, you know, I, I don't think it was a disaster, but I don't think it, it's an ideal situation. Yet it works for other leagues. Football, baseball, they don't play each other evenly throughout their their collective seasons. Well, but they play other divisions. But, no, they do, but it's not... It is still very much like how good is your schedule. Like, no one, not everyone has an even schedule, I guess, right? So... Yeah, I get that too. But so like, if they can make it work those leagues, even can with the football, NHL like, like make it work at some at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I think your better bet is to just space out the season a little bit or something. And you know, if you've got more teams and you cut off, maybe cut it down to eighty games or something. Like it might be something that owners can get behind because it's you know a small number and being like, oh well, you know, just make this cut work kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird one. What do you think? I, I think they have to go overseas eventually. Yeah. But if they do, they have to make it such that there is more than one team. Right? Like, you have to have a Stockholm and a Berlin and a London. Yeah, it's, and it's never going to... Yeah, you're right. It, it'll never be one team. It'll be two teams. Yeah. And you have to have that scheduling breakdown where... I would love to see a team in Sweden. Sweden would be great. Like, even... Well, I didn't I didn't mention them, but, like, Helsinki would be, you know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Germany, even they can make no, that work. You no, know, Berlin, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, yeah. there's, there are markets there for sure, and like, it's, it's, that's not a question to me. Is like, you know, would it work for the sport? That's just, as a league, can we make the logistics of it work? But like, I have no doubt that they would fucking sell out yeah. stadiums for sure. We watched the uh, CHWA make it work with a team in. Uh, Beijing, mm-hmm. right? So it can be done. It's whether they think it it will work at the NHL level. What's the money look like? That's the end of the day. If if some some Nokia owner shows up and says, "I'll give you a billion dollars to put a hockey team in Nokia." Nokia. Is that a? Is that a? It's a phone company, company still. Well, yeah. They're still kicking. Okay, IKEA shows up and they want. Ikea, yeah. Uh, All right, billion, now you're talking about billion dollars. Great, great tables. But they want some assurances. Yeah. I think it works, but it's got to be more than one team. Hmm. And you got to make the schedule work. You come to you come to North America, you play five or six games against the same team in a, in a brief window. If you're going to Sweden, Europe, wherever... Like you're playing a couple weeks worth. Hmm. I think it's coming. I don't know if it's soon, but I think that's the next step. I'm in. 
Otherwise, I don't know if we're going to do this again. This might be our only expansion draft episode. Of so you're just hoping well, that we could do this more of fun. these. This was fun. Um, I was talking to uh, Hornblower last night about how um, we went to, to Winnipeg and just the, the good time with the boys. We used to go to Winnipeg and hopefully we can start you know, getting that trip going kind of thing. Wouldn't mind putting together a Europe hockey trip for the boys. We can go watch the, you know, London Knights. Imagine they just call themselves the Knights. They just dropped the K. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what about the medieval Knights? We're, we're, we're agents of the Knights, you know? Like 007, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. The, see, they really missed a an opportunity with uh, the L.A. Kings. And they could have just called them the Hollywood Knights. <laughs> Bob Seeger, baby. Bob fucking um, Seeger. I'm James Cole. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm Buttons Bedazzlia or whatever. There it is. Uh, yeah, oh. no, I, uh, I even threw on Hollywood Knights here to end the episode. That's so. mint. I'll have, I'll try to, I'll try to work the episode that I can fade out our outro and it'll fade into this part of the song. I'm really going to test my ability to audio edit on this one, but yeah. Would, wouldn't cut out me, like, smacking my leg against the table, but he's going to try to merge the intro and outro. With Did you smack your leg on the table? Maybe. No, I'm not. They'll find out. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Whatever. Alright. Good night. See ya. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! SUVs, we used to ride around in city streets. Only six of us, but we would pull up like we 50 deep. If you want to hang with us, you got to bring some drugs at least. Life was seen. Pull up, make a scene like a Steve McQueen. Flights Atlantis, the drip outlandish. I just spent 10 racks and sacks fifth in the standard. I ain't never asked to be this way. I ain't plan it. It starts with good intentions. I end up doing damage. Look, I'ma tell you how this ends before it even starts. I'ma have to make amends after I break your heart. I'ma flirt with all your friends and then we break apart If our story was a play, it'd be a tragedy There's a reason why my exes all still mad at me And that's another love I killed, another casualty How this thing go from a blessing to catastrophe It's a travesty I can't help I'm a professional bad decision maker I know I broke your heart, but I love you regardless Professional bad decision maker Know the end is the hardest, wish I could restart it Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker. They should write a movie about the shit that we did. Deviate acceptance from the drugs that we did. You think I learned from my past, but I'm a creature of habit. We had so much gone for us, man. What happened is tragic. My girl is a savage. Bad influences all around me. Drunk at Bagatelle, all drunk. My table is rowdy. Had to let go of Allie. I regret it for minus. I'm draped in designer. Said I needed the one and I found her. Now she's back in Portland. Had to say this shit is important. I ruined everything I love. Man, this shit is like torture. Sorry that you had to deal with it. Rehashing all wounds. Still won't let you heal with it Yo, you hear this shit? Yeah Skizzy back on this shit again 5K for the fit again Fucked up at the
dogs the same like a synonym. It's ridiculous. I'm a professional bad decision maker. I know I broke your heart, but I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. No, the end is the hardest. Wish I could restart it. Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker.